0: This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 600, brought to you by Boomerang. Watch your favorite cartoons on demand. Go to boomerang.com promo. Use the promo code FAN for a free trial. And iFanboy listeners just like you. And
1: we're live! <laughs>
0: Welcome to my fanboy pick of the week podcast, episode 600. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello, and Josh Flanagan. Hello, at that exact moment, I unplugged my headphones and I couldn't hear. (laughs) We are perfect, that's perfect metaphor for the show. We are a fanboy, we like comics, and we can read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best book they read, we call it the pick of the week. We talk about that book on the podcast, along with other books and various topics of interest. But that's what we normally do on these episodes that end in zeros. Or five zero. We like to do special shows where we live stream. We're live streaming now. People are watching us and commenting, and we like to do an all email show where we list, we take your emails, the ones we don't make it to the show, and the ones we ask for, and answer them in a super special long episode on all email podcast. You, you can never say that we don't
2: involve you, the listener, in the iFanboy experience. Well, tonight they're not listeners, right? No. They're viewers. Yeah. Their viewers. But they're viewers. It's not viewers. Well, some. We've got live viewers right now, but the, but the folks listening to this in the podcast
0: form will be listeners, so not so much viewers, but listeners. So. And the thing is, wow. a couple things to note. One, uh, as we record here in Los Angeles, it is 90 degrees in my apartment, and I have a towel to mop up the sweat, which is not very dignified for the just, chat room people, just but, under him. but that's all we got. Um, to prevent also, cooling. Ron and I are drinking. Yes. Uh, so what are you drinking, Ron? Um, I am drinking
2: uh, Hell or High Watermelon from 21st Amendment Brewery, and it is a watermelon wheat beer. uh, That is one of my favorite things about summer.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Delightful. Josh, you have water or anything?
3: I I have, uh, let's see, 750 milliliters of uh, Artesian New Hampshire well water uh, that has been filtered through a Maytag refrigerator fine uh, and stored in this, this camelback.
0: Oh, geez, uh, all right. Eddie bottle. And uh I am drinking uh McAllen eighteen year scotch. <laughs> did, we, did we pay for that? Which we may have paid for. And also I I've vowed to only not go lower than half of the bottle.
2: So I'm very upset because I had planned to drink my usual signature cocktail, uh, 7-7, but the liquor store across the street from my apartment uh, did not have any Seagram 7. So, uh, And even though I found 7-Up, which is nearly impossible. That's the hard part of 7-7. So now I'm saving the 7-Up for when I can find a liquor store that has Seagram 7. So tonight I am on the beer. I might switch to a... Uh, Austin East Ciders pineapple
0: cider later just because I'm wow fruity like that. So. so now that we've done an impression of a 2007 podcast, <laughs> um, before we get started, quick quick uh, word to our listeners in Houston, which we hope you're doing well. Yep. Um, I have a lot of coworkers and friends in there, and they're they're having a rough time, and I I hope everyone is surviving and that your your home and possessions are not all gone, like some people as I know, and also anyone listening in the Valley area of Los Angeles that's currently completely on fire. Uh, a lot of a lot of rough times, so let's have a good time for everyone else, shall we? I, I used to live there. <laughs> um, Josh, you had the pick this week, which was um, down to the wire. It was the a day.
3: last minute. It was actually a, a, a post-pick uh, reversal. Yes. Um, I had read my books. I found myself... Uh, not, not, not overly sold on anything. And I had to talk myself into the pick that I made. Um, and then uh, you had said to me, uh, well, if I had to pick anything, it would be that one that I was kind of leaning towards, or I would have gone with black racer. And I was, I was, it was, I was having one of those days. And I was like, I don't know when I'm going to read that. Um, black well, racer and were, you, oversized special one. You weren't even planning on reading the black racer and Shiloh Norman
2: special number one, right? You haven't been reading these specials. Have you?
3: I, I have off and on. Um, but I, like if it was basically, I, I've not had, I've not had a fun week. So time was at a premium in a way. And I kept falling asleep at night. So I, I didn't add extra things this time.
2: Um, uh, but, but before you continue, uh, someone in the chat room is stating that we did not give the
0: spoiler warning. The <sighs> fact that you know, to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's irrelevant. It's, it's a theoretical spoiler warning, spoiler warning. Okay.
2: <laughs> We're going to talk about what happens in the book. So if you haven't read your comics, Stop watching. Stop watching this live, live
3: and uh, if, <laughs> come back. And if listen. you let Seven Up sit around too long,
2: also what uh, uh,
0: happens to it? It uh, Could be spoilers in the email. Who, who the fuck knows? Continue, Josh.
2: It's a minefield. Life That's is a minefield, point.
0: everyone. Life is a battlefield.
2: We they have. We can't hold your hand through this crazy trip called life.
3: So I want everyone out there to know that they both started drinking previously. I don't know if you've oh, noticed that Ron. I've been, I've
0: been drinking for like four hours.
2: I had, I, I mean, I had people. I had people over. We were out on the porch. Life. We were drinking. We were laughing. We we're having a good time. So I'm, I'm ready to go. Josh, I want to hear what you thought about the Black Racer and Shiloh Norman special number one.
3: Well, uh, Shiloh a, Norman. A big part of this was that that Ron was just he was harping on me. No. But he said two words, and he said it with conviction, and those words were Dennis Cowan. And I went, oh, shit. <laughs> He's not wrong about that. So I read it, um, and, and if, if you haven't been following these, I feel like you did them on a show I wasn't on, but these are to celebrate what would have been Jack Kirby's 100th birthday, um, last night, yeah, where he would have been stooped to two and a half feet tall. He only um, would have had had two books up, a
0: month as opposed to seven. Yeah. <laughs> He would have been doing t- t- 15 pages a week. It,
3: you know, <laughs> he would have cut down. Um, they've been doing these sort of one-shots, uh, oversight special where they sort of re-examine some of his, his best-known DC property. DC is doing this, as of course, as always, Marvel just continues to sully his legacy over and over and over again. <laughs> Whereas DC likes to celebrate what he did. Um, I, think,
2: I think Marvel's got something in the way. I, I feel Marvel like has been what I just said was... It.
3: His stuff. what, what I admit. both said was uh, not factual and unfair. Yep. um I'm gonna go ahead and admit that, but it was a cheap shot, and I took it. And uh, the media being how it is right now, some people will just choose to agree with me and not fight with it. the other people would have anyway. So it's fine. Um, what we have here is is a, a look at the black racer, um because unfortunately, Jack Kirby did have a predilection to try to create forward-thinking black characters, but he always said, but black before it. <laughs> well, um, that was that was, I mean, it was the time which was the style at the time, yeah. but he did it and it stuck. And, uh, and there we are. So I don't, I don't, like I've seen this character. i am I'm, I'm familiar with it. It's, uh, the figure that appears when, uh, a new God is about to die. Although I do remember the first time I ever heard of this character was, uh, in, uh, the flash. It was the nineties Mark Wade flash run. Maybe it was Miller. Wasn't it the black flash. That, yeah, but I think the Black Racer showed up and it was like, Ken, yeah, maybe it was related to that. Anyway, the Black Racer has skis <laughs> for some reason, um,
0: which is wonderful. Um, it's like you, you, you surf and ski through space. Space is just another sea. Yep. Um,
3: and And so this is I don't know if the like I don't know the actual origin of, of this. So this is kind of the first time I've actually read the origin of this character. So I don't know how I'm sorry. off this went. To, what just, I do know just,
2: just to interrupt again, I just confirmed that and it was in Final Crisis that the Wally West uh suggests that the Black Racer and the Black Flash are the same.
3: Okay, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah. Um I do know that in this there's a Mr. Miracle, but it's not the Mr. Miracle that that we would know as Scott. It's Shiloh Norman. It's Shiloh Norman, exactly. Now I don't know. It's a great. I don't name. know what that is. It's
0: a great name. Is that no one, no one knows what that is. He, um, first of all, this is part of our Mister Miracle Assance that's happening right now. Two weeks ago, right. Mister Miracle was a p- particular week. Uh, I remember reading the Giffen Justice League, and all of a sudden, in one issue, it wasn't Scott Free anymore, was Shiloh Norman, and I don't know. I don't know anything about him. Okay, fair enough. Can, I don't know anything.
2: Can we take a moment? Can we take a moment to suggest the fact that maybe we are, we are all Shiloh Norman? We <laughs> could be. Um, but to give you a little more information about Shiloh Norman, uh, Shiloh Norman was uh, created by Jack Kirby.
0: Well, that makes sense because he's doing that's what these specials are yeah. all about. Yeah, so it's weird
3: it that he didn't name him black
0: Shiloh Norman.. <laughs> 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 um, this feels like a good fellow's minute episode. Let's let's, <laughs> let's, let's 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 turn this back into let's, so I, let's, I want to go ahead and talk about this
3: issue because kid. the fact is all the stuff that I just said doesn't matter. Because the only thing that needs to show through um, when you're reading this, written by Reginald Hudlin, um, pencils primarily by Dennis Cowan uh, and Ryan Benjamin, is backup, with inks by Bill uh and Richard Friend. And you can really tell the Cowan-Sienkiewicz pages. Um, yeah. Thing, and they are a joy to behold. They are a delight. They alone they, – the, 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 like, alone, that's enough. It, it really is. And I know – that, that I, I shouldn't say, that, but so this stands on its own as a thing that I'm going to, that you can just read and it, you see, Oh, this is, this is Jack Kirby's crazy mind. And they've taken these, these uh, concepts and they're just, they're basically retelling an origin. They tell you where the black racer comes from. He uh, is a Vietnam vet from Harlem. He had a habit of everybody dying around him all the time. Yeah, that one, and, that one
0: full page that I'm putting into the chat right now Yep, uh, is incredible. I mean, this is the second time that Dennis Cowan and Bill Sinkovich have had to pick. That was also the death stroke issue that they drew. So he gets sick, and uh,
3: on his deathbed, um, uh, uh, Orion and uh, who's that other god? Who's the other new god in white? Light Ray. Light Ray, there you go. Uh, they come there to sort of look at him because the Allfather has decided to make him the Black Racer who is the harbinger of death for new gods. And they sort of look over his body as he's dying and they they you know they ask him, Are you willing to do this? Are you willing to take on this mantle? Are you are you, you know, and 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 um the guy who is all about uh duty and honor and doing the right thing says yes. And so then we switch to I guess what is present day, um as as now, see, now I'm seeing Scott free Right, okay. As Shiloh Norman prepares to be in some huge death trap, and he finds out that the Black Racer is indeed upon him. And so it becomes a race against time. And the story basically goes around the idea of, of the Black Racer is supposed to be um, uninvolved, not unlike a watcher. He shows up when it's time for death and he takes the soul. Um, but in this, he makes a choice um, because he finds out that the the uh, escape rig has been tampered with by the person who made a bet that he would give a billion dollars to the homeless um doesn't want to give that away so he 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 cheats uh and they find out and they, they stop it and save uh Shiloh norman slash mr miracle um and 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 so basically the point is the black racer gets involved like he he gets involved in a way he sort of makes a choice and and that's he's not supposed to do that but they decide that's that's okay that's the right thing so that's the entire arc of the story
0: um so it just, it just looked it looked great and it felt yep. i mean there's a little bit where they they sort of bounce through various timelines as they're as chasing shiloh norman so we we run to Omac, and we run yep. and we go through the uh say it you commandy 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 command it's not hard commandy they run through commandy's time with the uh the 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 Animals that are now people. Um, oh,
3: and, and just just for a reason. The cheating businessman uh, is Donald Trump. Right. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, not even. I know. I was like, oh, that's a little, that's a little something. But uh, the point. So here's the point. Uh, we see Dennis Cowan show up now and again, and it's always great. And they'll be like, basically, so like they put him on the black racer this week. He's also uh, a Star Wars bl- Mace Windu. So apparently he gets to draw black characters, which is fine. He should do that. I, he can draw all characters. He should yes. draw – he should be on a book. Maybe he doesn't want to do a regular series or whatever, but, man, he is really one of the great treasures that I kind of forget about in comics because he shows up sort of so irregularly. And then you put <laughs> you put Bill Sienkiewicz inking him. And, man, there's very little that I appreciate more in comics these days than Bill Sienkiewicz inking even part of an, an issue. I, I, I just – Mike Martin,
0: him. I mean, he – He's just yeah, found this groove where he just, he just inks, he adds, he elevates these pencils and Dennis Cowan's already great, but yeah. man. Yeah. The the jam of, the jam of
2: Sinkevich and Cowan on oh. together, it's just, yeah. And, and it's like, it's challenging because this book, it's a longer story. And, and so Sinkevich didn't ink the whole issue. And you see the moment that the other anchor comes in and uh, who's a Richard friend, yeah. who's, who's, who's a, a, my friend and yours. Um, I, I I get him mixed up with Richard Kind and I know it's not him.
1: <laughs> right right right. Good but friend um, of George Clooney.
2: But yeah, but the, the drop off when it's not Sienkiewicz is noticeable but even then who cares? Like any pages are enough.
3: I got the the actual visual aesthetic of of Mr. Miracle and the Black Racer are just they're they're just wacky and I I look at them on every page. I'm, what a strange design but you can't not look at them. They're so If somebody did it today you'd be like this is crap but I'm I'm amazed by them. Um, and then also just not not without – there's a bunch of uh, Jack Kirby New Gods uh, material reprinted in the back, uh, which has been blasphemed by Vinnie Coletta. Um, Listen, what's but, so funny about Kirby, uh, especially reading a lot of this Kirby reprint stuff from
2: DC, yeah. was that like we've all vilified Vinnie Coletta as like destroy – but like Kirby worked with the dude for like 40 years oh. he, he never
3: complained you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. well <laughs> yeah but you also like you know uh, what I would tell you is with those they there may be sometimes better to be looked at than read
2: yes yeah. um
3: but to be looking at them really is a thing of just a couple of pages where it's like the perspective is like below the foot of fastback and then they cut to the other side just the action and movement and oh it's so good I, I was just flipping through this, saying, "Oh my, oh my goodness!" It,
2: it was it was a nice day in the iFanboy staff Slack where Josh is, you know, you know, meandering around what his pick is going to be, and for Connor and I to point this out to him, and for him to see. Like it was a nice little kind of everybody came together. Was it? I felt like it was a oh, team immediately. Yeah. It was a group
0: pick. It was a group pick. Yeah, totally. Um, so that's the pick, and I feel like we we messed this up in the beginning. I blame the alcohol. First of all, if you stumble on the show for the first time, this is not a normal episode. <laughs> Yeah. This, is, this, is, this, this is all out of control. Uh, second of all, we're talking about the pick. We're talking about the patron pick, which we'll get to in a minute. And then we're jumping right into the emails. We're not doing our regular rundown of talking about all the books of the week. However, we've been doing these email shows since I think episode 50 or episode 25. We started very early. Okay. And it's been the same format for seven years. And every single time. No, longer, longer. 10 11. Years, 11 years. And every single oh. time, Ron goes wait, we're not talking about other books? I want to talk about other books. And we say, no, Ron, this is not how the show works. And Ron goes, but I really want to talk about other books. And I, I got the feeling the this time that Ron was going to force his way onto the show with other books. So what we've done this, this time, Ron, is I, I'm giving you two minutes on the timer. Okay. You get exactly two minutes to talk about any books you want from this week other than the pick of the week and the patron pick. All
2: right, tell me when I start. Are you ready? Yep.
0: In three, two, one, go.
2: Well, Josh had mentioned it, but I wanted to say the Mace Windu book had Dennis Cowan on pencils, which is awesome. Two Dennis Cowan books in one week. Star Wars number 34, 25, some number. I can't read it on my tablet. Um, 35. 35, uh, despite Salvador LaRocca in the photo reference of Harrison Ford's face. Great story of Han versus a hut. That's fantastic. Um, And then I would just like to defer the rest of my time to Connor to talk about Generations Hawkeye and
0: Hawkeye. Connor, that goes to you. I'm not in this. This is not no, my no, skit. I, want,
2: I would like to hear Connor talk about Generations Hawkeye.
0: <laughs> Generations Hawkeye can go fuck itself. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. best that I don't know, right? You didn't read it. Oh, oh God! No, of course not. Um, I haven't read any of those books. It was the worst one. Uh, for some reason, they decide that Hawkeye wore pink when clearly he wore a purple costume. <laughs> so there's, there's a pink joke about his costume. I'm sorry, uh, how, much is, how much? How much? How much time I, is on the clock? One more minute. One more minute, okay.
2: So, thank you, Connor. I also enjoyed Infamous Iron Man a lot. Um, really good. Uh, really good. Yeah, X Men Blue. I less of the magic stuff. Get back to the the. the, the yeah, the I team. agree. Yeah, uh, Dark Side Special. Uh, we got two Jack Kirby specials in one week. That was quite good. I enjoyed it. Scott, forty-five seconds. Yep. Um, Deadly Class Number Thirty. Great as really always. Good. Fantastic as always. Uh, the Gene Gray book. I don't see why it exists. Just cancel it. Um, Thirty seconds. Deadpool thirty five was enjoyable. Was Jerry Duggan just killing it? A good wrap up to Secret Empire. Um, and that's all I got. Generations Hawkeye, Connor's favorite. What book. did you What did something? you think of it? Oh no, I thought it was garbage. I thought it was bad. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so we're, are we going to just sit here for fifteen seconds?
2: Less than two minutes. There you go. Um, right. I just want no. Mainly, I wanted. The, the, I I actually read a goddamn Mace Windu book because Dennis Cowan drew it and uh five seconds seconds. it has has some good kid fisto i'll
3: be honest with you he's the one who present who brings balance to the force
0: all right there it is all right that's ron talks about other books this week because he really wanted to now it's time to talk about the patron pick before we get to the emails the patron pick of course is voted on by our patrons at patreon.com slash ifanboy that's where you can go and give it any level you you can vote on a patron pick every wednesday this week the patrons are very smart and savvy. They knew we were only going to talk about the one book. They didn't know about Ron's whole uh, deal there, but they only, they wanted to make sure we talked about Secret Empire number ten. So much so that it doubled the second place book in terms of voting. It blew the competition away. Wow, we do- Josh, we dodged that savage dragon bullet once again, and uh, <laughs> we're talking about Secret Empire number you ten. Not have said that out loud. <laughs> Secret Empire number ten, the final issue of Marvel's latest. Nothing will ever be the same event. Uh, written by Nick Spencer with art, it says, by Steve McNiven. Um, ah, ish. I don't know if I buy that. Rod ish. Re- Ra- Additional art by Rod Rice, David Marquez, Paco Medina, Juan Velasco, Jesus Albertov, and Ron Lim. I think, I think, I think what we learn here is that it takes a village to finish an, a Marvel event these days. Um, so this was the only issue I read of the whole event, although I've heard you guys talk about all of the issues. Really? Uh, I don't yes. think I knew that. Yeah, I wasn't reading it.
2: So, so it's uh, so so first off it's over. So that happened. That happened. Um, but it may as well not have. Now here's here's my thoughts. It ended ex- I could have predicted this from issue 1 how this was going to end. Sure. Right? Like we saw it coming a mile away. Um there is a moment, there's several moments in this book when Steve Rogers uh cap Hydra cap uh, has the complete Cosmic Cube and remakes the world in his Hydra Vision. Yeah, there's your series, <laughs> right? Like I like it was literally a couple of pages. I mean, and I get that that's House of M. I understand they kind of did that, but that's the book I wanted to read. Why wasn't this the first issue? And then this, be, you know, like that would mm-hmm. be more. That would have been more. I found my myself wishing that was more interesting. You know that 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 was what it's we
0: read. You know? yeah. So. How much of so, the Steve McDivin actually drew? I'm fine with It looks it like
2: McNiven. I mean, some of it looks like McNiven. I don't know. Yeah, the 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 latter pages towards the end when when uh the final fight the big... scene,
0: I think that's it. Yeah, when Chainmail Steve comes back, that's him. Yeah. I like that. I mean, obviously, you know Well, if, if if you wanna if you wanna get me, Chainmail Steve with the big floppy boots comes back. Yeah, I'm gonna like that. So when I I read this
3: first because I needed to get out of the way. And also I think that I'd already had it spoiled for me anyway, but it isn't spoiled when it's, you know, coming from a mile away. Um, and I finished it and I thought, oh, I have a kind of a good feeling about that. And then I remember seeing there's one extremely long article going around about this, about how bad it was. And I think to myself, who cares that much if it's bad? I, I really had that. And then I went back and I thought about it. I was like, all right, it's not great. Like in retrospect, it's, it's it is, not all. I don't think this was
2: awful. You're, I, I it's it's not agree that, with it's you. That, it's not great, but I don't think it's all. I don't think it deserves. It's not
3: that it's awful, me. but it's that it, it, it. All of the moments were. Echoes of moments that we've had before. Yes. So, even, which, even even
2: in the panels, like there's the moment when, right when Falcon is walking up to to Cap and they show the panel of Cap walking up to Thanos in Infinity Gauntlet. Exactly. So and, like, and, and then even the even the shot of the shot of cap versus cap and it's the pose from civil war like it was it was very derivative of previous marvel which i get because that leads into uh, generations or legacy or whatever the,
3: the heck is going on you know so what 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 that did was it gave me the feeling of oh right these are the good feelings i had before but then after the fact i went oh these are these are carbon copies of it yeah. and i find that less interesting in retrospect so Although I do feel like all of the hullabaloo uh, about this Hydra cap was uh, sound and fury signifying nothing. Uh, oh, totally! Fine. But we but knew I, that was what
0: was going to really,
3: happen. I know that, but like, like at the end, I'm just like, the, what? I don't understand. I still don't understand what there is to get upset about, and it feels completely in the ballpark of what a Marvel comic does. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. and I, I I get not feeling cool about it, and I get not reading it. You know, but like even less, no, even more so than like people who were mad about so, before Watchmen. Here's what I do. Here's what I
2: do. You start Secret Empire, you give Cap the Cosmic Cube, he remakes the world, and then you get a month of all the comics as if the world was as Steve laid it out. Cause they showed you in one page, they right. showed you one page of like, Hydra astronauts get powers, and it's the Fantastic Four led by Cap- Dr. Doom. That's how they would have done it in the in – that's how they did it in the 90s. It worked back <laughs> then. It would have worked, worked, worked now. Like we would have had a a, a a crazy month of one-shots of all of these characters existing in this weird Hydra world, and we would have loved it. That would have been that, – that's the difference between this. Like that – like they, they totally had it. And they like there's your show.
1: Well, there's so your, your so here's
3: the problem that we're left with. A, I'm not kidding you. This had a chance of being pick of the week just because they put him in the right fucking uniform, yeah. floppy boots. And then, and then they had him pick up Thor's hammer. I'm not. I'm not made of stone. <laughs> right. Right. Nor am I made of uru. But those are good things to show me, and they make me very happy. And it shows you again, again on Kirby's hundredth hundredth birthday. Yeah, put Cap in the fucking uniform, although that's yeah. sort of the re- refurbished one, but it's still closer uh, to Also, the-
1: answer
0: the question- My favorite moment from this ep- issue? but yeah. In the very beginning, when they're all talking, I'm putting it in the window for people to see, they're all, they're all about to go at Evil Cap and, and stupid Hawkeye costume is is about to say Avengers Assemble, and then we flip over to the sh- full-page shot of them assembling. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're, they're supposed to become... This is obviously a, a homage to Secret uh, Secret War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're also going right at cat, but they all have different eyelines. Yeah. They're all looking at different oh. places. I hated that. I yeah. saw that page. Yeah.
3: And I was like, Oh, that's one of those group shots. Remember yeah. that was my big problem. with secret of invasion. And then the next thing where they're all sort of scratching and punching at him. I was like, that doesn't make sense. But like to answer the question, to answer the question in the chat room, to answer the question in the chat
2: room, they reset everything except they left Vegas to be destroyed. Like they left it,
3: it, it like, no, this is my next point. The, the So, like, the, the the resolution is that the Cosmic Cube girl says, I'm going to leave the effects of this. So all the stuff that's wrecked and the Hydra right. stuff everywhere, it's so that everybody can see and learn from it. And that is so, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. yeah. And it's pointless. You don't have to. They change reality so it didn't happen. And now they have to deal with an aftermath of a thing that, oh, it's going to be like, it's it's like one of those stories where we have to deal with, when they killed Damien, and then we mm-hmm. had to deal with sad Batman for years for no reason. Right. Yep. It's that but it's the entire 616 universe and i just said that without irony there you which go which i hate um,
2: also generations like happens in bac- between
0: these two panels here and really that's, yeah that's them flo- that's them that's them beaming out to do the generations books
2: oh you're kidding me
0: really so, yeah they come back reborn and they when we were and when we returned we were restored reborn that's generations in between those two oh, panels oh my god why and then, and then they all pose for a, a school photo um, But, yeah, uh, so th- this, is, this is your whole this is knock, your Generations right here.
2: I'm knocking off a half point just for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good so, point. Yeah. So, uh, ratings! Ratings, ratings. I'm going to give it a three, because I did like the stuff Josh mentioned, the cap suit and the Thor moment. I'm going to give it a three as well. It would have been a three and a half if I didn't know about that Generations thing.
3: Oh, yeah, I'm going to... I'm gonna go point two five. because yeah, I am, I am. There is a spa about it. All right. I like that there was a commitment. The choices were pretty obvious. Uh, I, do, I do, I
2: do think they missed the mark. I think that I think they had a really interesting idea and they could have done a really cool event.
0: Yeah, and they they, they missed it. But it's they not had cure for at cancer run. They had the cure for cancer, and they, they lost I, had it. The, I had
2: the I had the cure for cancer, and I lost it. That's. A terrible Sean. Horrible
1: Connery.
3: Sean Connery. <laughs> Horrible. I, I just I think like if you compare it to something like, like fear itself was just a complete like you know, yeah, nothing. Yeah. yeah. There was a there's a there's a there's a seed.
2: Can here we just that think for a moment? Can we take for a moment how cool it would have been if a whole month was the comic books of that Hydra world that they showed on that one page? Wouldn't that have been cool? When's the last time I
0: Marvel did that? Did they do that crazy. with um with Tickman's one? They'd be afraid. They wouldn't do it. People would freak they the fuck out because they can't do anything yeah. that doesn't, doesn't push the. That story was so forward.
2: much fun when they did that stuff. When they when they would do that stuff, that would be oh my god, I love that. So
0: yeah,
2: um, sticking they with were, it.
0: It's over. No, yeah, no. it's over. Yeah. So uh, before we get to the emails, quick uh, mention about Boomerang. Thanks to Boomerang for sponsoring this episode of iFanboy. Boomerang is a new subscription video app offering timeless cartoons, movies, and new original animated series. Take a deep dive into our giant library of cartoon icons, including Bugs Bunny. Tom and Jerry, Scooby-Doo, and so much more. And don't miss Boomerang's newest and exclusive cartoon, the full engine overhaul of Wacky Races, Josh. (laughs) Don't miss all new adventures featuring Dick Dastardly, Muttley, and the rest (laughs) of the racers. That's what we missed last week. As they take you in a wild ride full of high-octane thrills and, of course, wacky comedy. Watch your favorite cartoons and on-demand Boomerang, available on web, mobile, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, Roku, and Chromecast. Visit boomerang.com slash promo. Use the promo code F A N. To start your free trial today it's a free trial guys i and you know, i after we
2: a, after we did the show last week i played with it and it, it's it's a lot of fun i, I gotta admit watching it's you could spend worse time watching cartoons and these are the cartoons you want to watch so josh do do your do your <laughs> do your kids do your kids right and raise them on the right comics like tom and jerry and bugs bunny
0: <clears throat> so there it is do do I gonna, the. i was gonna say do the laugh but we can also do that way too
2: parent correctly go to boomerang.com slash promo promo code f-a-n f-a-n
0: so josh Josh, can we get the laugh
3: (laughs) perfect okay good i'm not all that wheezy right now
0: so Hmm. on to the emails we've been asking you for the last month to send us emails in for this show specifically you did you did a great job we've got way too many to do on the show we're going to try to do as many as we can and for the sake of time we've removed many of the platitudes but thank you for all the kind words we we've read them all appreciate them also, a few of you sent in voicemails. Uh, we're not doing those simply because of the live stream would make it very so difficult. I'm. I, I, listen, listen.
2: I figured out enough
0: tonight. You got a chat room. Yeah. So stop, stop, stop while you're ahead. So no voicemails, but thank you for sending those in. So the first email from Ryan from Madrid, Spain, formerly from Orlando, Florida, says: Back in episode one of the video show, you listed top five comics. Has anything changed since then? What's your top five now? Did we do that? And the first episode of the video show, we did basically our top five um, Desert Island collections. basically like, gra- like graphic novels or collections? Graphic novels. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, we went into the Wayback Machine, which was not easy.
2: It was, and, it was uh, actually
0: easier than I, than I thought it would be, to be honest with you. But, well, you probably had, the f- had something. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Here, here's what we said in that original oh, show. Well,
2: no, no, no. Actually, Connor, before you reveal what we said on that original show, should we answer the question now and then compare it? Oh,
0: interesting. Go back to the future. Okay, let's do that. So, what are your top five graphic novels you're bringing to your desert island? I don't want to go first. Well, we don't have to do them. all. We don't have to do them. All. Okay. Okay. All right. Top five graphic novels. Uh, okay. Hold on. I got I to reacquaint
2: myself
3: with the rules here.
2: It's a it's a book. It's a graphic novel or a collection.
3: Trade paperback or hardcover. Yeah. Not a single no, issue. It can't be a series, so I can't say Preacher.
2: No, no. It'd be Preacher Volume Four. Mm. Okay. Well, Santa maybe
0: de- depending on. Um, well, I guess you could bring one of. The- they're doing this giant collections. So. I mean, is it all in okay. one? I feel like it's at Less. least two. Fine, you can you can fine. You can say
2: preacher, like fine. Okay, fine. I th- but you can't you can't say the Avengers. Okay, fair enough.
3: So okay. it would have to be a limited series, basically.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So.
3: All right, I will go first.
0: Fine. It's tough for me because I know what we said before. Continue.
3: All right. Yes,
2: that's why you'll go last. All right, I will say. X Men Dark Phoenix Saga,
3: uh huh. X Men From the Ashes. You said that for you? Said that's on the other one. Dark Phoenix is definitely okay. on the first.
2: That's one. fine. let the, we'll go back to the other one. We'll no, see. no. I'm, I'm making Let's a prediction. I'm yeah. Trying. Okay. X Men From the Ashes. Um. Well, if we're doing Josh's preacher rule, I'm going to say Strangers in Paradise. The the big the the on the bus. Well, the, yeah, you can uh, say that because yeah, he put a question of the whole yeah. thing. Yep. So Strangers in Paradise. Um. Parker the Hunter. Ooh, okay, interesting. Nice. How
3: many is that? Um, four. That's four. You can just say the Martini Edition. You get more in there.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Parker the Martini Edition. Fine. I'll do that. Um, so we we'll get a lot, a whole lot of Parker in there, and then um, that last one is a tough one. Asher City,
0: Astro City, Astro wow. City. Wow. So, I'm yeah. just gonna say that you only had. Wow. Two were the same. Wow. Okay. What were they? What were they? You said Watchmen, The Dark Knight Returns,
1: uh,
0: really? Dark Fe- The Dark Phoenix Saga, Strangers in Paradise Volume 2. Because we were being pedantic. So, yeah. And Marvels. Wow. I've grown a lot. Yeah. Yep. And, so and not just...
3: Anyway. I um, <laughs> no, you're almost exactly the same. Um, okay. Uh, Preacher. Preach okay. Yeah, that's fine. Box Office Poison. Um, oh, I just had it in my head and then I lost it. not know I lost it. Um.
2: Cure for cancer.
3: Don't, don't do that because then I'll think of the medicine man instead. Preacher, Box Office Poison. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 The New Frontier. Okay. Um, Mm. That's three. I know. I know. Ron, did you pick your fifth? I did. You, did. you finished? Okay. Oh, to are, you, go? Are, you, are you bargaining for time? <laughs> yeah, no, you. I just thought if you went back to it, then I can come back to it. But otherwise, no. I'm going to sit here in silence for a second. I assume Connor has this prepared. I don't. But oh, I, can, okay. I can rattle off five. You you start. I got two to go, but I have to think about it.
0: All right. Um, The New Frontier... Watchmen, The Dark Knight Returns. Um, oh, man. Uh, uh, I'm going to
1: go
3: Watchmen. Because I'm being, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I think I'm trying to be too cool for school, but that should still be there because it is a wonderful text. And Starman. Oh, wow. So it's five, Starman.
0: All right. New Frontier, Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen. marvels really yeah um kingdom come wow yeah so josh your original five were watchmen the dark knight returns 300 mouse huh and box Office okay poison.
3: i was super into uh yeah i was super into 300 for a while
0: and what was great about and that think... episode was you guys bickered over uh what was better box office poison or strangers in paradise well, I mean, I like Alex. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. I like Alex a lot. And my original five were Watchmen, The Dark Knight Returns, which is, we had, we all had those two books on our list. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Hell, Alias, and Invincible. I did long.
3: not. I did not know Alex then. True, but you still liked him. That's
2: fine.
0: I know that. Yeah, Also Watchmen the- is a good choice in the chat room. <laughs> As he wipes the sweat from it, it's mouth. ninety degrees here. And there's a light on me. Boy, All right. Boy, All-Star Superman is a good... All-Star Superman is a great one. I'm. That's a really flowers. good answer. That's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. Scalped
3: yeah. kind of. is in like 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 second tier, you know, six or ten.
2: All right. Let's do the second don't one. Tell, don't tell Jason that. Are we rotating the reading of these? or? Yeah, this is just, just whatever right. you want to do it. Okay. So, Josh, you read the second one.
3: Okay. Hang on. I'm not even looking at the script. Um, number two. Nick P. from Newport Beach, California, but lives in Luxembourg. I like that. One which of the game? great shows in the past couple of years is when Connor explained how he donated his comics, how he decided which ones to keep in the general process behind it. As a former collector, who's now just a reader, it resonated with me. I also recall that Josh kept some of his favorite runs in physical form, but gave away a lot of his single issues. I know that Ron at one point was contemplating selling his 40 plus long boxes. I was wondering if he wanted to share whatever happened with the physical books. Did he sell anything? Did he keep anything? And what was the process like? I love this.
2: Um, I was wondering if you wanted to share... No, thank you. <laughs> I answered this question. No, no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, no, I, I, when I moved last year, I moved from California back to New York and I moved my whole collection with me. Um, I've got much less space and decided to part ways with it. So I went through all... At that point, it was 60 long boxes. And I went through every long box and I pulled... Stuff that mattered to me. I think I ended up keeping maybe two or three long boxes total. Basically, I kept my complete run of Uncanny X Men, as well as various selects, like some stuff that I wanted to keep for myself. And then I uh, know a dealer, uh, retailer, who I gave the rest of the books to and sold them. So easy as that. I didn't donate anything. I just, I just, I, I cashed out.
3: So, so as uh, people in the video show behind me might see there it is there's there's there are ten and a half long boxes there i have very little attachment to them uh in any way and if i had a thing to do with them i would probably keep that short box on top and i have another short box upstairs have stuff in them that i really love um just a collection of issues which is the same box that i probably referred to in that thing you're talking about uh the rest of it I think I have one box that has, like, that I actually organized the runs of my favorite things. So I think all of Gotham Central is in there. I think all of um, Why the Last Man, all of uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man is in there. But I would probably sell them. I just haven't been able to figure out. I'm how to
2: pretty do sure Ultimate Spider-Man 1 is one of the books I pulled and kept because I'm like, oh, that's actually valuable. So I'm going to keep that one. So. Yeah. Books like that. I would like to note that I did not get rid of any of my collected editions. I still have boxes and boxes and boxes. I have all those. I have all those.
3: Queen and Country, I have in there. All those, I think. It's a couple of series that I really found um, I was very close to.
2: Cool. All right. right, Number number three. Next question. Number three. Josh F. from Chicago (laughs) writes in, not you, Josh. Um, And he says, the three of you always seem to have a good handle on story structure and all that goes with that. Hmm. All that goes with that. All the great structures. I've always enjoyed listening to your critiques. To what do you owe your analytical knowledge? Are there any books or other resources you would recommend of the, uh, to those of us who might be interested in learning more about the nitty-gritty of storytelling? This is something I've wondered about since I started listening to the podcast back in Gulp OGs 2008. So how, how did we get so good at analyzing story? Um, I think I think for us, at least for me, I've read a couple of things. Like I read Bendis' book, Worlds and Pictures recently, and I've read really? other... yeah, read, Comics. Yeah, I read other stuff. Understand, understanding Comics did help a lot, actually, by Scott. Actually, yes. Understanding Comics is a must-read. But that's but, not
3: story structure so much.
2: No, that's storytelling. It's how yeah. comic stories... Comic are structure. Story, yeah, comic I mean, I, like, honestly, like, I remember, because I read Understanding Comics when it came out when I was in college. So I was, like, mm-hmm. 18, 19, and the just the time juxtaposition, the idea, like you see three panels and there's a guy and a door and then the, and then the door open and then the guy in another room and in between those panels is when he opened the door and when it like, just understanding that was like a big deal for me. Like, uh, you know, I, I know we get it, but it's the kind of thing like putting a name to what you already think you already understand, like a concept behind it. Um, But I also just chalk it up to the combination of reading a lot of comic books like the Malcolm Gladwell, like 10, I 10, think so. and other yeah, 10
3: hours and that and that- also having to talk about them yeah
2: well having to talk about them but also having the opportunity to talk about story with people who make stories so the hours that we've done interviews with writers and artists the time that i've spent personally alone with with comic people like analyzing stuff looking at stuff like having them point out what's wrong with it like so i've i've learned a lot from the people that i've talked to so
0: yeah well we all have a baseline of going to school media and having media training um but i think it's mostly if you go back to the original i fanboy from 2001 you see our Pick of the Week reviews they aren't great i think it's mostly from doing it for 15 years yeah or but also years. That,
3: like that's the thing that we're all interested in to varying degrees and in yeah. different ways i mean we like we watch a ton of
0: movies read a ton of books and and,
3: and and we talk this is how we talk about them and and what i know is that in the rest of my life i can't talk to other people like this right cuz people don't think about it like that but this is you know my area of expertise in in a way you know specifically as it pertains to comic books but we're always talking about scripts and three-act structure and and story and character and like this is the thing that gets us going it gets us jazzed and we've been doing it so long like this but also like where, where people are listening not just audience members but you know sometimes people who write the stories and we have to be able to not sound like morons i think and I, we take right. that seriously and, so we're and, and also
2: and also we talk about like like you said in our spare time like we we talk yes. about tv and movies and books and things like that and like we're we're always talking stories so like that's it yeah. and it's like it's not just that like, it was
3: really good it's like why it's good and then i'm like well i don't know that i like this part well there was this. like that's our diet that's our dialogue that's literally what we do
0: all the, the best time. thing we could have done for ourselves was place the arbitrary rule of a thousand words for the pick of the week review because that was a serious review. You couldn't just say I liked it. You had to really say why you liked it.
2: We those are the two things that 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 were really good. Like putting putting the thousand word minimum on or whatever in and around a thousand words for the review. And then also when we started the podcast when we said don't dismiss something as just this sucks. Right. Like we said, right. that, that was, we, we put very few rules amongst each other, but that was one that I remember early on. We're like, if you're going to criticize something, you got to explain and why you're being
0: really funny. Yeah. Um, true. Uh, <laughs> Ron's most likely the chainsaw review. Really, 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 really good. Um <laughs> the next question comes from Easton B who's in the chat room. I think I saw his name earlier. Easton B. Who currently has no place of residence and should hopefully be in Egypt by the time the six hundred episode airs? Easton, are Easton, you are, in... you,
3: are are you in Egypt? Are you okay? There's uh, a story right. There. There's your story right there. By the yeah. way, Easton
0: wrote in a lot of questions. So homeless we'll... guy moves to moves to Egypt. <laughs> Three. He, let's go one by one. So his first question. I'm very curious homeless to know. Guy what... who's heir to the bat fortune. I'm very curious to know what you guys think about the news that Warner Brothers is making a whole new DC movie universe, essentially with the announcement of the Joker origin movie that will not be starring Jared Leto. I personally personally think this is a terrible idea. With only one good DC movie out of four, how many of this, how many of these out of continuity movies will be good? With the knowledge of Martin Scorsese involvement, are you guys less weary? And assuming Warner Brothers does go through with this terrible idea, what out of continuity DC movies would you like to see, and directed by whom? All right, I have no thoughts right. on the Joker origin
3: movie. I did, well, did you, did you actually, read actually read any of the articles about it?
0: Yeah, I read the dead, the deadline story, and I. I hope they don't do it, but I don't have any thoughts on it until it gets much further down the line, because there's been a lot of these announcements. Sure. So I, I, I tend not to engage in any brain damage on it. As know, I mean, the only th- thing I would say is that, like,
3: it, and maybe we're wrong, but the comics the comics world has always proven the adage
0: that you don't tell the Joker's origin. Yeah. No, absolutely. But they did and, in Batman 89 and didn't really. Yeah. It's true. Well, here, here's my opinion of it. But I agree with that, Josh. Here's my opinion of
2: it. and And Connor, can you guess the two words I'm going to say? Uh, no. Flame garbage. on.
1: Flame, Flame on. on. <laughs> Go for it.
2: Who cares? Make all
3: the origin movies. Go for it. I keep keep trying until one of them works. Go for I kinda it. I kind of like that. Yeah. I like the idea of the, the effect of that is if they do it wrong enough times, then I don't have to watch any more superhero movies.
0: But the thing, the thing that does worry me is, and the difference between now and 1989, is in 1989, they just ignored whatever the movies did mm-hmm. and, and told their old stories. Now there's the clear corporate synergy happening, and now... Uh, if they do a Joker origin movie, they will make that the origin in the comics. Now
3: did, did, uh... I'm, I'm, I lost my train of thought. There was a question. There was a re- I'm going to remember as soon
0: as somebody starts talking. Go ahead. All right. Well, let's do the question number two. If you, com- if you think about it, you can do yep. that too. Question number two. Excluding this email, I've sent in three emails and one audio recording and only one email has ever responded to on the show. I've been <laughs> thinking about this question since the first email was sent in. So my question is, what is the process of choosing what emails and audio recordings make it onto the show? Do you ever read an email and just decide to never touch it with a 10-foot pole or you just throw it yeah. into a waiting list? What's the process?
1: Oh, yeah.
3: I, you know, we've never talked about this. <laughs> we never have. I'm sure we have. No. I think we each, when one of us has the pick, they're in charge of putting together the script. They do whatever it is they do. I mean, I think we all have sensibilities and at this point about like, oh, this will be a good email for the show. This won't. But we've never talked about it.
0: I will tell you. I thought you meant in publicly how we choose
2: them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we never talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you what my process is. When I'm doing the show, I go, I look at the email. I look at just the emails that have come in since the last show. Oh, right. Because I assume that you guys have parsed the emails before me and you've rejected or not, whatever. Um, and so then I, um, I, I try to find questions that I think I want to hear the answer to, that I like the question. If something is like a block of three paragraphs and it's a lot of text, it's not going to make you know. it in short yeah. and to the point. That's the, Those are the emails I look for and, and with good questions. So that's, that's kind of my I point. like
0: that we've been doing this show for 600 episodes, and I'm learning something about how you guys do the show. Um, so just for background, we have an, e- we have an email address, Ifamway.com. All the emails come into that. Um, we have, I think, currently around 200 or 250 emails in that queue. Uh, and at the end of every year whatever doesn't get answered just put gets put into a bankrupt file and we move on to the next year because if you took all the emails we've gotten that we've never answered there's probably 3000 of them in there
2: and and also a lot of them don't we used to try to answer them all
0: Yeah, we, we used can, to yeah. yeah we used to early we used to try to respond that was me
2: saying everybody gets a response you know like that sort of thing but you get to a point where it gets too big but also some of the questions would be too um they're just not relevant anymore you yeah. know so
3: yeah and yeah and some of them are not they're like they're not fit for air so I mean, we, like, Right. Good point, Josh. Like I I, I was gonna say,
2: don't don't lose hope. Keep writing in. I would say the best advice is to keep it short and to the point and get to the question and not and don't give us a lot of background
3: or your opinion or anything like that, you know. So no, I mean you can give us your your like you can say your opinion, but like people who write in paragraphs, we're not gonna read paragraphs.
0: Right. It's bad radio or bad podcasts. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. all
0: right, so his third question. My other question is. Less of a question, more of a theory. A theory all about Tom King. Tom King is fucking with you guys. With Tom King being a listener to the show, he knows your comic book pet peeves. Josh has already mentioned that Tom King has written, has already written an issue with multiple pages of caw, caw sound effects, which had been st- stated as annoying a few years back. My final part of this theory is that a few years ago during a conversation about marriage between comic book characters, Connor brought up the example of Batman and Catwoman. Connor said that he thought it would completely change the character and he doesn't want to see Catwoman yelling at Batman for not putting the toilet seat down. Seeing that Batman has already proposed to Catwoman, we're just taking one step closer to the argument about the toilet. So, Tom King, if you're listening, make this toilet fight happen.
2: All right. Here's my thought about this: If Tom King is using his position as a writer in DC Comics as a way to, to troll, troll us, us I Bravo. will. I, I will fucking yeah. I will like Tom, dude. I will. I will buy you dinner. I That's will, a win <laughs> for us. I buy I, you Yeah, dinner. yeah. I will like if you will admit, Tom King, if you will admit to that in public that you are planting seeds to annoy us on fanboy. I will buy you a very nice dinner in New York nice- City during, during the New York Comic Con. Like, a nice, like, we'll go to Keen's. Like, I will buy you a good dinner. What about... If, you, uh, if, if that is true and to the point. Grace so. Papaya. No, no, I'll go, I'll go a little more than Grace Papaya. Okay. So. Um that's an I mean, That said, that said, I really got to believe that someone in Tom's position, and bravo to him for getting there and doing all the work to get there, is not going to mess with his editors at DC to troll <laughs> no.
1: us. Yeah, I don't, that's I don't why
2: know. if that's true and Easton is correct, and Tom, you can confirm this, then I will buy you a very expensive dinner. I've wherever had wherever you
3: want to go. Name the restaurant in New York during New York Comic-Con on me. I have had, I can think of one thing. This isn't Tom, it's somebody else. But a thing came up in a comic and I was reading and I was sitting next to my wife. I go, he was thinking about me when he did this. And my wife's like, no, he isn't. And I wrote to that person. I was like, were you thinking about me when you did this? And they said, yep. I go, can I buy that page? They said $400. I said, thank you. Keep it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Question four, Ron, did you ever send Tom King the comics you promised him for being a fanboy member or did you just ignore it? Like you ignored all my emails. That's a little passive aggressive there, Easton.
3: (laughs) I like how Tom King is like his focus of his ire
0: yeah
3: I'm oh tom sure king's I, a fan you deal with
0: i'm pretty sure i did so um finally i just want to ask you guys ask if you guys have seen <laughs> little house on the prairie because ron has mentioned it before yes we grew up in the why 80s I, of course we watched little house on the why, Prairie. why would i
2: mention it if i'd never seen little house on the prairie i watched a lot of little in fact little house on the prairie is still referenced by me and my sister on a regular basis
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. Laura Ingalls is a very important figure in pop culture. And Ron, Josh, of course, we, didn't watch it because it, it was right. it was popular. But uh, so,
3: I don't think will, I mean, if will... I knew that at the time, that would have been I would have been impressed with myself and mm-hmm. that being my reasoning. But I think it was more that I'm not interested in this at, at eight we, or whatever. We, we will regularly
2: say pot's dark and know exactly what I still regularly think been. of
0: that wild dogs episode and get freaked yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they blew up the town. Onward Christian Soldiers marching yes, until war. It, but I don't
3: think it stuck with me in any way.
2: <laughs> oh, yes. And like David in the chat room, Albert and the morphine addiction. Like that, like <laughs> Little House, Little House had it
0: all. It was a soap opera set in the Frontier Times. It was great. It was great. It was great. That's the Michael okay. Landon show, right? I'm not
3: yes. Yes, Michael Landon, yes. So it's a period network drama, huh? Think about that. For
2: years, for years. Yeah. It was and amazing. It yeah. Super,
0: super popular. It was right. great. Huh. All right, move on. Next question, Ron. No, Josh. Josh. Patrick from Snow Hill, North
3: Carolina says, in honor of 600 podcasts, I wanted to ask you all what your six favorite comic series that have came out come out since you started the podcast. This is going to go. Only series that started during your podcast. I will allow new volumes of comics and new starts on Captain America. I've been thinking about this question ever since I discovered Connor's actual name was Hunter. That's a long time. Listener. Let's
1: just do
0: – one great series because six is a lot to go through for all three of us okay almost harder well not the best but like what what is one great series you think about from this era we've talked about comics in and i'll start because i i was thinking about it yesterday as i caught up on invincible i Uh was reading the uh latest collection did that start yes it started in this era i think it started after we started but um that's a book we used to talk about all the time. It's a book that no, no one talks about anymore. However, I think it's it is one of the best books of the last Oh, totally. It's funny cuz it's the thing that like Robert Kirkman's never going to get
3: acknowledgement for that.
0: No, it's it's I think it's way better than Walking Dead. Yeah. It is. It from a it, from a storytelling standpoint. Absolutely. Well, I don't know.
1: Walking it's Dead's different. good. I like it's Walking very different, good, which is
0: I wouldn't put Walking Dead in like a top 10 of the last 20 years, but I'd, put, I'd probably put Invincible in, in the top 10.
3: Hmm. It's, it's certainly,
0: certainly the, it's the best, I think, I would
3: say it's the best and most impressive non-Marvel DC superhero series.
0: Well, it, everyone complains when they read Marvel DC that characters don't age, they don't change, they don't grow because they can't because they're corporate IP this is the book they want to be reading this is a book about a character and a group of characters that have changed and grown and there's been deaths and there have been people who've who completely cha- you know grown and changed their minds about things and it's it is legitimately what people want to be reading in a superhero world and it's and it's if that's what you're looking for from your superheroes you should be reading invincible i mean there's there's 24 trades i think 23 trades of it i read just sort for of the recent the newest one it, mark grayson as a character has gone through an entire life of experiences and he's probably late 20s, early 30s at this point. He started as a teenager um, so some <laughs> people say they want and there there it is. go read invincible
3: yeah it really it really is a hell of a thing. I'm gonna go with queen and Country that's good. I mean in terms of like what I want out of comics, that series nothing is nothing has surpassed that uh, during this time um and it ended, but it you know we got there was a good chunk of it.
0: No, but I mean, that's a book also that we talked about every every time sure. it came out. Yep. Yeah. Ron, what's one book you think about during our run? Uh, I'm going to give it to Chew.
2: Nice. I, I feel like that was one that ran and ended in our time, and it changed the way we looked at a lot of stuff. It changed the way we defined art. You know, like we, it definitely, Guillory's artwork opened my eyes to different style of artwork.
3: And um, did you just, see yeah. that Lehman tweeted? It was either today or yesterday that he's working on a new Chew story. Oh, great. <laughs> Like, like there's also, no published date you also can't believe anything he tweets so true true enough yeah. also did you know that there was a page in chew that made me think that i had influenced the person drawing it and then when i asked that person uh if they were thinking about me in the drawing they said yes and then i couldn't afford the page nice well done
2: all right uh um, our next question and before we get to our next question a couple of things first off uh easton confirmed in the chat room that he is in egypt so okay good Robin. he's not homeless He's not homeless. Um, Our good friend Jeff Kanata just tweeted, said, congrats, you crazy kids. So (laughs) thank you, Jeff. Um, And finally, we're almost at an hour so far, and we're on question six. (laughs) Out of of how many, Connor? Uh, 80. Out of 80 questions. So
0: there we go. So we'll try to go quicker on some of
2: these. 80 80 80
0: questions.
2: Question number six. Brian C writes, and he was very, very funny, but I'm going to get to his questions. Okay. Um, he said, consider one or both of the following what if scenarios. What if the 90s image bubble hadn't burst and the founder series had kept on chugging along? Would Image still have turned into the home of diverse creator owned series that is today, or would it have become just the third superhero company alongside Marvel and DC? What impact would that have had on the industry today?
1: Mm.
0: Well, if it's chugging along with those books and they're successful, they wouldn't have the impetus to become an indie creator home. I mean, those guys were clearly trying to make another marvel yeah um, i agree so i, I don't think, I don't think have... yeah i don't think it would have been a lot
3: of guys who a lot of guys wouldn't own their house yep i mean like like that's like a, a lot of people made made their bones over at marvel and then uh for a little while went over to image and had like a second sort of overall cash in not like the first group but like they learned to be very successful using that model and using that step up thing. But Robert Kirkman is actually, there would be no Robert Kirkman.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, finally, the second question. What if Marvel hadn't sold off? About,
3: think about what that means for
2: pop culture though.
3: Yeah. Like overall. Yeah. That's totally.
1: Yeah.
2: What if Marvel hadn't sold its office film and licensing and kept all the rights for themselves? What would the Marvel cinematic universe look like today? What character or characters would they have started with? What would the motivation to enter the movie making business be if they didn't have the X Men and the Spider Man pushing them to use their IP? Would Disney still have seen
3: the potential in them and bought them? I love that question because I
0: love the story of how they
3: lost their rights.
0: Yep. But the last the, the third question is easiest. No, Disney wouldn't have bought them if they hadn't made all those movies.
2: Right, no, but but assuming that they had X Men and Spider Man, and they they started making movies with them, would Disney still have bought them? Well, Absolutely, yeah. Like, yeah. well, I
0: mean, yeah. It, it's actually really it's a hard question if you unravel it the way he has. I mean, he's right. If 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 Fox and Sony hadn't made X Men Spider Man, would those other films have been made? Maybe not. Mm. Um, but would Marvel have made X Men and Spider Man? Uh, they've, they've been trying to make movies since 1970. And that. Well, that's yeah. what, I mean, yeah. like, do people
3: know? Like, basically, they they found this sort of third-party guy, and he was supposed to go out and, or he bought all the rights for nothing.
2: Yeah.
3: I mean, for, like, $5,000, I think it was, like, in perpetuity. It's like the, the deal that uh, oh, Michael so. Usland has for, for Batman and a couple yeah. of other properties, where, like, it was a deal done really early on when the comic companies... Had no money and no idea that they could; these things would be worth anything, and they just sold them off for pennies on the
0: dollar. But also, I mean, they sold to Fox and Sony specifically to stay afloat. Yeah, that's a good so point. they would they would that's go out really of business. They Marvel would be out of business if they. You had know
3: what? They would have lost money. It doesn't matter because Marvel would have never been in a position to make their own stuff until yeah. they got the money that came in from the license stuff pr- previous to that. And that's it, how you do Marvel Studios in 2008. It's like
0: pulling the string of a sweater. It all starts unraveling if you, if you don't sell those rights. I think they would have gone out of business. Yeah, I think so. Or DC would have bought them or something would have happened.
3: Because they would have kept trying to make movies and they wouldn't have been able to before a certain era because they would have all sucked before they figured it out and they wouldn't have made it to the point where they could actually have the successful one.
0: Yeah. I think Warner Brothers wow. owns Marvel if they
3: don't sell. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a bold.
0: Statement. Well, I think somebody so it buys it. Turns them, out they, go out they made a really good, good choice. Yeah. So let's go. Next, next uh, question. Whose turn is it, mine? Yes. Caleb S. from Minnesota. My wife calls you my comic friends. That's in quotes. Oh, uh, Hello, Mrs. S. Let's skip the. Uh, I've been thinking about it for the last two hours while sitting in a meeting at work. My favorite character in comics is Nightwing. I see him as the most hopeful char- of characters in comics, always trying to see the best in others. I am the complete opposite of this, and that, and that is what draws me to the character. I wish I was like him. What characteristic draws you to your favorite characters? Are there any characters that have a primary characteristic personality that you are nothing like, yet you are totally compelled by them? Ron, what, do you, what draws you to Cyclops? He's the backbone. He gets, he gets shit done.
2: You can depend on him. And you've... You do compare yourself to him. I, I try I try to live a life like that's,
3: him. That's what I yeah. mean.
2: Live yeah, your yeah, best yeah. Cyclops? I, I'm sorry? You live your best Cyclops? I try to be my best Cyclops, yeah.
3: He's never going to die off
0: screen like...
1: <laughs> uh,
0: that was the worst. Connor, do you remember that? I do. The guy next to him oh. thought you were a, really a hurt and, and asked if you were okay. Um, I love that
3: you're having a moment about this again uh, still. It's so um,
0: I don't know. I mean... I don't know what draws me to the helicopter outside my, my window. Um, what is Batman's primary character, characteristic? Uh, I don't Jeff Johns would say justice.
2: We talked about this recently on the show, and I, Connor, yeah. I do not believe your favorite character is Batman. I believe it's Nightwing.
0: It, it's possible. I,
2: mm-hmm. believe, I believe that you, you, you respect and aspire and are influenced by Batman, but I think that you, are, you kind of channel yourself closer to Dick than to Bruce. <laughs> Clearly in
0: some aspects of my life I have channeled dick more often than yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to just point out I've channeled more dick than any of you. <laughs> oh boy. Um Josh.
3: That was not a gay joke. I'm calling myself a dick.
2: No, I understand. What character? I just want to make
3: sure. What um character? well when I was a kid, I always liked Hawkeye. He was my favorite character because he was kind of uh bristling and he stood up for himself and he was funny and he was kind of uh sarcastic and i loved that yeah no he's that totally was a thing like i was like looking for the blonde dude because i didn't look like superman and like that really bothered me like whenever i would put on the superman shirt and, like my towel cape i'd be like i have blonde hair this doesn't make sense uh and then later uh captain america really ended up becoming my favorite superhero character and it's because he stood for something uh good you know, he, he wanted to help people do the right thing, be there. And he always did. And blonde. Um. So that's what I want to be. Hmm? Yeah, oh, Aryan gonna... is fuck. Yeah, Aryan is fuck. Uh, just, a, just a bunch of blonde
2: white guys. Let's a bunch the... of blonde white you guys. You that classic Avengers game. Run. Yeah. Classic Was
3: <laughs> <What? laughs> it wrong?
2: It wasn't right.
3: Number, number eight. So I got to go Josh. back to that because I was looking at you while I spoke. Robert T. of Ann Arbor, Michigan said, I enjoy the podcast, period. After 600 episodes, might you consider refraining from beginning each episode with a grammatical error? You should say one of us picks his, not their, favorite book. Uh, You're right. (laughs) Go screw. (laughs) There. Was that grammatically correct, Mr. Bobby T.?
2: What part of that don't you understand? Go screw. (laughs) All right. Uh, for now, by the way, we will continue to say that forever in perpetuity, just to annoy Robert for spite. Uh, for spite, that's um, guaranteed. Next question is Jeff. But from we will think of you every time. Jeff from Georgia says, "I've been thinking about this question for a good six to seven months, but then you guys recently talked about how the Hal Jordan book is really just a good space cop story, which made me think about writing this email for about two and a half more weeks. That Secret War of Thor's book was good because it was a murder mystery. Flintstones was great because it was social commentary." What books or properties need a good genre shift in order to spice them up? For example, Fantastic Four is a sitcom. X Men is a Twin Peaks type crime drama. You're just pandering to me with that one, Jeff. Um, <laughs> uh, Ghost Rider as a romantic fantasy. Superman is horror. Legion of Superheroes as a teenage fairy tale. What do you think? What 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 uh, what books need a genre mash?
0: All of well, them. Any any book that wants to be canceled. <laughs> I mean, they they try books that aren't action adventure. I mean, Space Cop is a is a book we want Green Lantern to be, but it's not. That's why we we called it out because it felt like that issue. Um, it,
3: yeah, yeah, it's uh, it doesn't stick. It's usually fun, but that's a good point. That really, you just really took the air they out. They haven't.
0: They haven't done a straight up. I mean. Giffen and Demetrius' Justice League was the only time they ever successfully did a straight-up sitcom superhero No, about.
2: Connor. No, they weren't doing a sitcom. They are doing
0: vaudeville. They were doing vaudeville. vaudeville. <laughs> God loved Keith Giffen. Uh, oh, no. Bill S. has four short questions. Number one, thoughts on the term floppy? You mean discs? I hate the term floppy. Yep, so do I. Josh? Josh? I don't feel one way or
2: the
3: other. I have said it probably just to get to something quicker, but I would just say issues.
0: I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I it doesn't bother me really. Question two is six issues. The standard for miniseries. Now I've purchased some from dynamite and W and really noticed the decompression lately.
2: I mean, it, it's, it's five or six and that's because that's a good, no, I mean, that's the trade.
1: Yeah.
2: Like I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you straight up from my time working in publishing. It was real hard to make a trade at a four, a four issue mini.
0: Is
1: it because
0: of the economics of it don't
2: work? Well, no, yeah, because because pr- the way the way printing works is that you're printing in that ba- oh I forget what the numbers are. i four up, you, four up six of- up. Yeah, no, like like it's it, no, it's like batches of eight pages or something like yeah. that, because that's how the, the printing thing works. And so like so if you had an if you had a mini series come in, all right. So what if it's uh it has to be pages divisible times eight. four? If it's sixty issues, it's gotta be divisible by eight. So you need to get and that's, so that's 60, sixty pages six. Yeah, exactly. But then you also have the cover, like there's all this math that goes into it. And so you need the certain number of pages to get up there. It can be done. It's just a pain in the ass. And you'll notice that, um, like somebody's in the chat room, killer be killed was four was four issues that had a lot of, probably had a lot of back matter in the back of it to, to pad out, to get there, you know? So it's, and it's, then
3: the other side of that is eight issues or 10 issues. Then you're talking about a bigger investment in printing the books and therefore a less likely sell sale. So you're—it's a bigger risk,
2: High,
0: higher price point. There you go. So yep. vaudeville. Question vaudeville. three: How long till the who is this for T-shirt? It's like four. It's like number four on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Question four: Here's one for Ron. Does the decline of the X-Men coincide with the Cyclops tur- making a villain turn?
2: I think that I think they are similar timing. They correlate. Um, I think that the decline of the X-Men has more to do with. Uh, uh, the status of the media property and the Fox and all that sort of stuff, and Cyclops is just collateral damage. Did,
0: didn't that happen way before? Well, I got it all, it was, all it
2: was simmering. Yeah. So.
0: Isn't it all like post Astonishing X Men? It all went bad? Yeah. Yeah. Just about. Yeah, so. all right. Number 11.
3: Am I after Ron? No, you're after Connor. Okay. I'll remember that going forward.
0: Okay. So you're up. So that's you. Oh. Oh, you just did it? I <laughs> just right. asked four questions. <laughs> One hour, folks. three
3: questions. One hour, Todd's. I, I, five, it's 90
0: degrees in here, and I'm drinking scotch. Do you have any idea how much sweat is coming out of my body right my now? My children have woken up before 5.30 a.m. every day. <laughs> Continue.
3: Uh, Todd C says, I think about the document, I think the documents have been sealed long enough, isn't it? <laughs> So just real briefly, he said, I think the documents and I just immediately took it to I think about this, but it wasn't that I just thought he was making that joke again. I think the documents have been sealed long enough. Isn't it time you fessed up on how the three of you were able to get together so frequently for those video podcasts? The answer is required to be far more intriguing than banking episodes or twins on the on each coast. I don't understand how this has been a mystery ever.
0: (laughs) It's a very, very. Let me just well but for it's people a... who are new people there's lots of new people who okay, come yeah, don't we don't mean, haven't done mean. we haven't done we did a video show from 2007 to 2011 or we 12 beginning of 2012 we stopped we stopped right after i moved to california
3: do you want to can i just say by the way like very briefly the other day we mentioned a knife fanboy mini and i went we did that every day i was <laughs> amazed that
0: we did that so we it's did it like- we had a we had a weekly video show that we did for four years, or we'll say four years. And we and in the in that one year we did a mini sh- a mini episode every day. So for four years we did a lot of video content. Uh and and then we started, the three of us lived all around the city of New York. In the middle of it, Ron moved to San Francisco and everyone became obsessed with how we were continuing to do the show. Uh, airplanes.
2: Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, like, luckily, I moved to San Francisco and had friends and family still in New York. And so I, you know, for the majority of the 10 years out of the San Francisco, I was in New York once every three months
0: or so. And you come here for work. like Yeah,
2: I would have like either Comic-Con or I'd have events or I'd have stuff like that. I would always, admittedly, I mean, it was, I will, I will, I don't, I'm going to pat myself on the back here. I was able to finagle stuff like, oh, sure. I'm going to South by Southwest. So let me go to New York first and then go to South by Southwest. <laughs> sure. So let me, you know, like I was able to move stuff around because we had stuff to do. Then, but I, w- I would fly in. We'd pick a day and we'd go to Connor's house and we'd shoot or mine six,
3: six episodes or Josh's and we'd shoot five or six episodes. I
2: mean,
0: not, sh-
1: the
3: other thing is like it's important to remember that during that time, Connor and I and then eventually Ron, we were full time on iFanboy. So we were always able to make time for it. Right. right. So it was like, if Ron, we knew Ron was going to be there, then we knew we can do that. Then we didn't have to move anything around. We did like that actually was the priority. So it was a little easier. Right. Um. After. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, but but anybody. Block shoots. I mean, that's what any show. Does I mean not like like dramas, but any kind of uh, game show kind of thing or sort of panel show? N- they don't get together and shoot one day. It's not worth it. You shoot as many as you can. I think we would do, you know, three to five episodes in a day. Five. We did, we we
0: did four to six. We always did the four because four would cover a whole month.
2: Right. Um, we, would, we would try to do a little more, but also we, we couldn't we couldn't do more than that. If we did more than six,
0: we got real. You no, know, you remember the one time we did eight, yeah. and the seventh and eighth show were really bad because we yeah. were so gassed, we had nothing left, and we decided we couldn't do that. any I think we capped it at six at that point, but you know, we would just pick one day, usually a weekend and we would just shoot all day back to back to back. We'd bring clothes. Mm-hmm. Everybody would have a stack of clothes. And we'd shoot an episode, change our clothes, shoot an episode, change our clothes, shoot an episode, change our clothes. Um, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't that difficult. Let's move on.
2: It Ron, was fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Good times. It was, fun. it was hard, but it was still fun. Okay. So there's your answer. Don't ask me again. All right. Um, Bilal from Utrecht Holland. I am sorry, I mispronounced all of that. Are you I think guys you got willing- Holland right? I got Holland right. Are you guys willing to give manga another chance? I know you tried Death Note and some other books, and I thought it didn't, I thought it didn't really connect with you apart from Pluto. If I may, I would like to get the following books in the limelight because they z- deserve many readers. As I highly think of as I think highly of your comic book knowledge, I'm curious about your opinions. The books that earn your attention are Planetes. P-L-A-N-E-T-E-S. Sci-fi space adventure, but also what it means to be human. Ooh. Vinland saga, a Japanese Northlanders, but more epic. Monster, from the writer and artist of Pluto, an exploration of characters. Superb thriller. Um, so, Bilal, you're correct. Uh, I, I, I can't speak to the other guys. Manga is not a priority in my life. I respect it. I understand what it can do. Um, I love Pluto. I have not read anything since then. I recently recommended Pluto to a friend of mine, actually, in his kid. Um, I have heard of Monster because it's by the same creator as Pluto, and I've thought about reading it. I haven't S- since then. I did read. Uh, what was the horror one that I read that Kieran
0: recommended? Um, let, I'll look this up, uh, Josh Connor. What do you think of manga? Um, I'm so this year they're putting out a anniversary set of. Uh, Akira in the original manga format, so ba- you know backwards left to right or right to left, uh, and I, I pre-ordered that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna reread Akira, which I haven't read probably since I was twelve uh, in the original format. Um, and I finally bought the first volume of Pluto, which I haven't read. And... Pluto is Pluto's gr- gr- like great, like oh, like I I owe David Hyde like he he was right,
2: like that was great. What's so I, I, I've <laughs> I have. I have manga in my future is what I'm saying. Hyde got me to read Pluto. He begged me to read Pluto. Um, The the chat room is correct. I looked it up. Uzumaki is the one that I read uh, by Junji Ido. after Kieran Gillen was raving about it a few years ago. So I picked it up all in one volume and it was really good. So I read Uzumaki. Stop Pilgrim is
3: not manga chat room. It's postmodern manga at best. Uh, I bought all of the Plutos. I still haven't read the last volume. Um, I I don't know. I just, I, I don't, it's not. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a whole other thing that I don't have time for. Okay. Like basically, like I'm like I'm an expert in Western comics, and I I I all the time that I have goes to reading stuff for this show, and I tend to not get outside of that very often.
0: If you want this uh, show, it might my uh, Josh can't read anything more. Okay. Question. Next question. Doug M. from the Dip of Iowa. Look at the map. <laughs> my question stems from the infamous strawberry shortcake Funko Pop discussion in five in, in episode five eighty six. What are some good comic books to share with kids? I discovered tiny Titans at C2E2. My son loves them. If you could help out the I fanboy moms and dads with some recommendations. I feel like there should be more words in a sentence, but there's not. Uh, thank you for the entertainment. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, so Josh, what are some good comics for kids? You were the one who lambasted Strawberry Shortcake.
3: Yeah. I, and again, I just, it just I've read a lot of shitty kids' books and a lot of good ones. And it was just bland. And I just, like, there's so much good stuff. I don't see why I'd waste the time on it. Um if I had to recommend a thing, I Tiny Titans um, and all those. There was Superman Family Adventures. There's been a, de- a bunch of different versions of those uh, art and Franco comics. Those are great. Even the ones that they've done that aren't DC, um, those are really fun and good. I, I've read um, Scotty Young's uh, – I can't even remember the writer now. <laughs> Short Riff, the writer, the the Greek uh, myth guy. What's his name? Do you remember? Who wrote this? the Wizard of Oz books? Oh, Frank Baum. Well, he wrote the books, but he didn't adapt the the comics. Um, we put him on the show once a long time ago, but I, like, Connor, do you remember who wrote the Wizard of Oz comics? It's got a young Drew. He was the guy who did the stories about, he did the, the Greek comics, like the Greek myth comics. Oh,
1: oh Eric Eric Chanauer. Hey, Chanauer. Chanauer, exactly. Yeah, Chanauer. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are those great. Those really good. Um,
3: Judd Winnick's Hilo books um, are yep. another. They're good really good uh and he really sort of cares about that um uh there was one more that i was just thinking oh i mean i don't know that these count uh, and they just did the movie and everything but my kid loves like loves the captain underpants books and and and, like the dog man books that are sort of my my niece
0: my niece was when the movie came out my niece was all over that yeah yeah so the chat room says batman adventures those are good comics think they all uh they got four volumes out. I've tried to read them in
3: my... my ki- I mean, my kids are younger on, on that. You know, they're not reading sort of... They're not reading on their own,
0: for example. Oliver right. would probably soon, but... But there's 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 four volumes of the Batman one, and
1: there's two yeah. of
0: the Superman one. So there's six of those. And the Superman one actually is fun because Mark Miller wrote a lot of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're really solid Mark Miller all-age books. In fact, when you read those Mark Miller books, you can tell they, they sort of level up a little bit.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, they're good. Um, but the, the ones that I
3: just... are the ones that have, like, my kid will go and pick up Hilo and read it. And I remember walking in and seeing my three-year-old like, sort of get interested and be just looking through it. He couldn't read it, but he was reading it on his own for a while. So those are good. All right, next question. Josh. Uh, Socrates from Palm Beach, Florida, or Socrates, uh, as they would say in San Dimas. I bought a small box of comics three years ago at a garage sale from an older comic fan who was giving up on the hobby after reading a couple issues of the new Fifty (laughs) Two. I love that story. Fuck this. You want to buy these? (laughs) I'm out. The experience was kind of haunted by my, has kind of haunted my thoughts since then. I'm constantly wondering what my last comic will be. I pass the question to you. What do you think your last comic will be? I love this question. It's dark. I love it. So what is your last question? Uh, What is your last comic? It's going to be something innocuous. Like, it's going to be like, I'm going to read it, and like, it's not going to be long after we stop doing this show. (laughs) <laughs> for whatever reason like it'll be like the, it's gonna be like the next week and i'm gonna be going I don't, I don't i don't care and i'm just done i'm walking away but it's gonna be you know just some some bendis book and his like fifth iteration of Iron man
0: it's gonna have to be boring because we've read so much in the last 20 years of doing the show however long it's been uh so it's gonna have to be something just that just breaks your back end me- of mediocrity
2: I really hope mine is Darkhawk related. Because <laughs> I, like, I feel like
3: that would be a good bookend to these, these 30 I, years. I mean, but the thing is, like, let's, let's look into that story. He gave up on comics after reading a couple issues of The New 52. So there's something else going on there. That's a DC, you're ruining everything. Mm-hmm. You destroyed my childhood reaction. You've changed everything. And we know that's not how it works. Right, I, there's you not. You know what? Honestly, to like, I was flippant, but like, I'm not gonna. That's like saying, that's like saying, "What will your last episode of TV be?" It'll be the last thing you watch before you die. Yeah, man. yeah. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. i probably. I'm not gonna keep reading. If I don't do this show, I'm not reading weekly comics. It's right yeah. there. You know, yeah. I'm not gonna stop reading comics. Somebody says this is great. I have friends who who make comics, so I would want to read. But I also just like, there's just wonderful artists, and, and I'm not. That's like, I'm not gonna stop reading books. Like, okay. it isn't. It doesn't happen
0: yeah you're you're right it's not gonna be i mean even if i stop reading them weekly i'm not gonna stop reading comics there will be there will be a last weekly issue at some point sure absolutely but not
3: stop reading comics that'd be
2: be well
0: plus the industry is going to implode in two to three years anyway yeah no they're gonna they're gonna gonna make the decision for us
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right next question brian r writes in and says one when's paul coming back i don't know He's, he's not gone anywhere. He does the animation show with me three, four times a True. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Two, any plans for episode 666? Not yet, but that's a good idea. Uh, and three, Ron, what exactly is the thing and why is it not singular? <laughs> and I don't know what that means other
3: than... Here's R the thing. Ron. Here's the thing. That's, where, that's what it is. Which, oh, is, I which nice. is, I believe, number three on the iFanboy shirt list. Here's <laughs> the thing. Right Although my favorite place. is still the one that was suggested, by, I think uh, Chris, Albrecht. Was Chris Albrecht, which was
0: "Listen," <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you need <laughs> to pause
0: beforehand, so it's got to be "Listen." I really do like "Listen" as
1: <laughs> oh, so good.
3: It's subtle. I don't know
0: that it's. I don't know that it's less stupid than the electro shirt. But the it's, lecture it's, shirt is pretty as stupid as it gets, by the way. I <laughs> love it. I've had no more compliments on a shirt than I've gotten from that lecture shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, all right. right. A- Alan T writes in, he's a little, little angry with us. Alan says, on a handful of occasions at least, you've disparaged the artwork of Mr. Steve Epting that he did for the Avengers back in the 90s. While you are, while you are more than appreciative of his current work, all three of you are in the rare agreement that his earlier work was downright bad. As a fan of the Avengers, I was reading and greatly enjoying those books back during my time working at Flying Colors Comics and other cool stuff in Concord, California. That's a lot of Cs. I think you all need to go back and check again. First off, his pencils were inked by the incredible Tom Palmer, one of my favorite inkers of all time. And while there are certainly some signs of 90s style on display, his pencils were dynamic and exciting. Go read the Gatherer storyline or at least some, peruse some Google and tell me what, uh, Tell me you aren't wrong. Epting I, rules.
2: I think, I think Alan, by the way, Flying Colors, great shop. Joe Field is an awesome retailer. Good job. Um, I think Alan is actually, I'll concede this to Alan that we were probably harsher on Things work in the 90s. It's only because we were so effusive about his work from Captain America onward, and the style changed so dramatically that going back and looking at that 90s stuff was like, you know, like was was made me do a double take. Literally, I haven't looked at it more than looking at a couple I, issues and back issue bins. Right, okay. You so know? yeah.
3: Let's let's just I'll meet a couple on this one. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is abuse of power in a certain way, because I, I remember I, I didn't know who he was, basically, before we were reading Captain America. And one of you or somebody was like, yeah, he used to do Avengers and it wasn't very good. And I specifically remember standing on the floor of some convention with you guys. And you it was pulled Heroes ish- It was Heroes Con. Yeah, I pulled the issue. Out, so I look at this and I was like, oh, that isn't very good. And that's all I know. And I based everything off of that, which is not responsible. So no, it's, I'm it's, not going to go back and
0: research I it, but have, I will take I your word for it. I probably wouldn't have said it because I was the faithful Avengers reader my entire childhood. I read Tom Palmer as one of the all-time great inkers. Um, I didn't like it then. And i tell you how I remember. I have a distinct memory of this, and you guys always make fun of me for my weird memory of stuff. But Hey,
2: I, I, I'm effective. right there with you. But I'm, I'm right with you. you, buddy. I'm Back right in with the you. early
0: 90s, um, we, we finally got a home computer. I created a database to start tracking my comics. <laughs> um <laughs> And one of the one of the one of the listings in the past. Oh, hello. One of the the listings was my rating of the art. Ratings. And I remember specifically wait, specifically the art? Yeah. Like art, you know, excellent, good, bad. And I remember specifically giving the Epting art of bad rating. I didn't like it then. I looked, I looked at Google after reading this email. Uh, a couple of days ago, whenever it came in, and it and, and I still don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> you know what? You know what? How much, Josh? Josh. By the way, Josh,
2: how much would you pay to get your hands on that database file? Right. <laughs> you know what's even
0: better? I would. It would be the best thing. So <laughs> when I first started creating it, I wasn't like Ron. I was not an inside kid who was very good at computers,
2: but because I, I had a, I had I had a database too. I, I started
0: my I, I, I made the first but, entry, yeah. and I'd made it in such a way, and the program didn't allow me to duplicate a new one without info in it. Like I screwed up the, the creation of it, so it was going to duplicate all the info, and I have to go through and delete everything. I spent no joke just four just, hours on the phone with Apple help to get to fix it so that I could new entry and it would be blank. He, he's always been the same guy. You <laughs> know, no, you're it, like our Al Gore back <laughs> then. I, and then I had a log box, and I had a rating. My all rating right, is the same now. As uh, when I was uh, in. Josh, next question Josh is
3: next. Going back to the thing. Seventeen. Uh, Rick Z of Topeka, Kansas. I've been thinking. Oh, hold on, qu- hold on. Also, Alan, if you liked it, great. Yeah, you know, that's, that's like,
1: great. We're that's not saying a, you yeah. can't like
0: it.
3: Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Rick Z of Topeka, Kansas says, "I've been thinking about this questions since right now when I went back to listen to the oldest episode available on my iTunes feed." Ron says he's never read Gotham Central. Josh calls him a philistine and a whore. I remember saying that. And my question is, did Ron ever read Gotham Central? He didn't. And what did he think? The larger question. He, he did, dad, he did. Totally. He when
0: trades came out. He read it. I
3: yeah. have the hardcovers, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, the larger question is, that's awesome. The larger yeah. question is, what does
0: it take to get you to read a really good book that you otherwise wouldn't read? And before we get to this question, we have to acknowledge a good joke in the chat room. Connor invented a database for cancer and deleted it. Now continue. <laughs> <laughs> good job, Dave Goldschmidt. Continue. I had the cure for cancer and I lost it. Stop doing that voice. That was awful, too. Well, that was worse than you- what you did. The what would it take to get you to read a really good book that you otherwise wouldn't read? Um, usually one of these two guys pushing it on me, yeah. And and if
3: it's like, like, I really wouldn't, it's both of you. If it's both of you saying you need to read it, I will read it,
2: yeah. Yes. No, for me, it's it's, it's 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 recommendations and from people who I trust, and enough cadence of it, you know, like you need to read this, you know,
3: but very specifically, like, we know we know what we like, like, I, I, I've there's nobody in the world who's going to recommend me a novel like like that, Connor. Connor's, this is a book you need to read. And I'll be like, okay. He, like, he's never been wrong about it because he knows. Uh, same kind of thing. Whereas Ron is constantly recommending me movies that I don't want to see and wouldn't like. <laughs> Every now and then. Tr- absolutely. When you hit it, though, you hit it so good. Yeah.
0: Right? <laughs> you do. You hit it so good. Well, yeah. what's the most recent movie that Ron has recommend that you liked not a movie tv show it's a halt and catch fire
3: yep okay yeah i've been super into that and he's been talking about it for a while for years all every (laughs) season so
2: all right um next tonight oh yeah there's a new one next question comes from tyler a question for each of you all right and i'm gonna start from the bottom up so we'll end on me he says he's been thinking about these questions since episode 501
0: josh what is your favorite elvis album Hold on. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a related 18A question that's related to the Josh's. So maybe make Josh's okay. the best one. Okay. All right. So okay. okay. So
2: Connor, what is your favorite seasonal drink?
0: Is it a problem? This is the question that I get. Yes. That's a question for yes.
2: That's a, by the way. By the way. By the way, uh, Connor, when you were telling us in your chat recently about your drinking plans for the summer or for the next month or so, yeah. um. And I did not tell Carrie what Josh had said. She had said before that he might want to go to a meeting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well. All right. So my favorite seasonal drink, and he says gin and tonic in the summer for him, Moscow meal in the winter. Uh, I like to go Cadillac margarita in the summertime and usually uh, old-fashioned in the winter. There you go.
2: All right. All right. Um, my question. his so Tyler's answer is gin and tonic in the summer, Moscow mules in the winter. So there right. you go. All right. His question for me, what's your favorite ride or experience at Disney World? And Tyler's answer is Splash Mountain. This is a very complicated question. I need to get comfortable <laughs> for it. This is why I wanted to do get you guys first. Um, I can't pick a favorite ride. Because they're they're great. I love Splash Mountain. I love the subtle racism of Splash Mountain. I love the the thrills of Star Tours and Splash Mountain. I love uh I, I I whatever. For me, my favorite thing about Disney World is I just like to go and get a balloon and a cookie and just <laughs> sit on a bench on Main Street and just and just just, watch, just watch and just watch it all, just
3: experience it. So I asked you this question once and I think this is a relevant time to bring it up because you're talking to me about going to Disney again for the the fucking time I'm going in January and I was just like why cuz I also I know several adults who I'm friends with who are like Disney people who like that's the thing they do and I didn't understand it. and for you I was like you're the punk rock kid but also not in other ways and I just like like to me Disney represents like the antithesis of punk rock it's the you know it's the corporate overlord corporation controls all media and i was like what is it that you why why is disney a thing that you like so much and i and i I, you can give your answer but i i I think about it
2: honestly i I, might be the beer but i don't remember what i said what did i say to you
3: (laughs) it was it was the the perfection of the experience that every aspect of what you're doing at all times what you're seeing hearing smelling is completely controlled to make you happy and i was like and i and the follow-up question was doesn't that creep you out and you said yes but also no (laughs) oh yeah no it's (laughs) and i
1: understood
2: Yes, it's completely creepy. Like my my girlfriend does not understand it at all. In fact, even is scared by it. Uh, uh, And part of it is also my my sister is a Disney person. and very into it. So we kind of, we mesh in there. It is like when I go to Orlando or when I go to Disneyland in Anaheim, the moment I walk through the gate, it's just like, forget all the shit behind you. Forget all the, 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 the strife in the world and all this stuff. All that matters, right? There's music in the background right? Everyone's smiling. Everyone's happy. It's just like, you know, and then there's a sub part of it, which speaks to the old PC gamer and project manager in me that I like, honestly, I think I like planning a trip to Disney possibly <laughs> more than going on the trip because I like planning the whole thing. I like, you know, I like, you know, and people in the chat room are talking about a sentimental value and stuff like Tilly just said, it's a, it's a good thing from her childhood, like. I went as a kid, but for me, it's not a big sentimental childhood thing. If anything, it's it, it's a it's a glimpse into a calm, nice world where like all the shit just isn't there, and it's just lovely.
3: It's just lovely.
1: Yeah, except
3: um, the racism from the fifties.
1: Well, that yeah,
2: well, there. well yeah, no, exactly. It, it's
3: but, disappearing.
2: Yeah, yeah. But it is, I mean, it like here's here's a great example. This didn't even happen to me, right? So there's a thing, there's a thing that um by the way, Connor, I like the hat. I like the hat. That's very good. Um for, is that from the Tower of Terror? Oh, no, from it's to from, nice, well done. Um so a friend of mine is at Disney was at Disney this past week, and there's a thing called four parks one one day and for Disney World which in case you can't figure it out, you go to all four of the parks in one day, right? I've done it several times. We did it, I did it with my nieces. We had a great time. I did it with my friend, Ryan. We had a great time. Um, Four parks one day. It's like a badge of, you know, like I did it, right? My friend Brendan went and did it. Had a great time. I was like, congratulations. The next day he gets back to his hotel room from being gone in the morning. And in the hotel room, there is a certificate that says world traveler, Disney congratulates your family for attending all four parks in one day, and it's signed by somebody. Like they didn't ask; like they just came home, and this certificate was waiting for them. Like that's magic. It is magical, and it uses technology, and it just—it's all the sort of stuff. It just layers in a lot of the
0: insanities. There, so there's, I, there's a. I have a somewhat. I Have some thoughts on this because I did some work for Disney at my day job a couple of years ago. Not important, but we, I spent a lot of time thinking about Disney. I think there's a I think there's an arc that most people take in their lives when they're kids, and this is all generally obviously people are different, but when you're kids, you watch the movies, you maybe have some toys, you're very into Disney, you hit your tweens, you're too cool for Disney, you right. want to go, it's lame it's for kids, and then you go back, and that that tweens period can last through your, through college, but you go back as an adult, and then you hear the music, yep, you look in the window and you see something from the Jungle Book. You see Pinocchio. Yep. You see Lady Dumbo. And Lady in the Tramp. And there's all kinds of baggage in all those movies, but it doesn't matter. The point is you see all that stuff, and you get this physical wash of nostalgia over you. Um, Actual nostalgia. And, it's, and it is potent. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you, as an adult, then you come back to Disney, and you are like, yeah. and you realize what it is. It's, as Ron said, it's this special, safe place in the world. But, and and it's it's a weird thing that's it's, it's you feel like a kid, but you're an adult, and you appreciate it as an adult. And I love Disney. I go yeah,
1: usually it's, once it's a right.
0: year at least. Um, what's really great. funny is that so my
2: sister is an annual pass holder. She's a member of DVC and like all that sort of stuff. I once asked her. I said I was, we were down there. I'm like Christina. I'm like, what's your favorite character? Like what's your favorite movie? Like whatever. And she's like, I don't know, none, none. And I'm like, so why, why this? And she's like, because I'm happy here. Like, it just, it's, it's so like they they pay they pay so much attention to detail and they take care of things for you. And the lobby smells nice, and just like everything, it's 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 the going back to Josh that is it's the it's the it, you're in a production, you're in the movie, like, and that's what Walt wanted. Like that was that was the whole thing is that you. It, it, it is all like there. you hear music. You don't even see speakers, you know, like all this sort of it just and the level of magic they bring is just like like nowhere else. And so it's just it's fun. It's a fun
0: little escape. So, all right, so now Ron if you can top, afford it.
2: Yeah. If oh, you can afford it. oh, yeah. No, no. Don't get me wrong. Like that. That's the real that's the real bummer about it is that like even like we were laughing at the Star Wars stuff because like so they're opening the Star Wars uh immersive hotel, which, by the way, the immersive thing is a little much for me because it's That's like- That's where everything's
0: going around. Everything's going to be a
2: Right, no, I understand that. But like, you guys know me. It's going to be like, it's going to be, I'm going to walk in the Star Wars hotel and someone's going to say, "echuta." I'm going to say, yeah, where's the bathroom? And they say, in, in Republic Credits? And I go, oh, fuck Republic <laughs> Credits. like yeah, It's hey, like, like Where's the bathroom? Medieval like, times. <laughs> I want to go to
3: that with you. <laughs> a lot.
2: Like, listen, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the fucking bathroom? Um, I, I care. But- but uh no but the hotel is going to be like i mean i think it's 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 going to be easy to it will not be surprising if it is twelve hundred dollars a night
0: yeah and
2: and like and that's pricing out it's pricing out lots i mean that's the one thing that like we joke because uh last time i was at disney with my sister we started this whole joke of uh what if walt just came back today right and they took him to the park what would his reaction be to what they've done with it and i was the first words out of my mouth is walt would say it costs how much to get in here? Right. It was a nickel when we opened in 1955. Wait a minute, wait. A minute. Chicken fingers are 12.95. What did you guys fuck this up?
0: <laughs> so, uh. so Josh, just so you know, you now get to filibuster
2: for your question. All right, so Josh, what's your favorite Elvis album? And I say Elvis because I love Elvis Presley, but Elvis, there's only one. So Presley, uh, Elvis Presley. Well, hold on. Read read, read. 18A before okay. Josh answers. Okay, That's so fine. question to 18A come, and by the way, uh, Tyler's favorite album is Imperial Bedroom. Um, and Ryan S. from Louisiana writes in and says, thanks to Josh's appearance on the Great Albums podcast, I decided to start listening to those guys and use some episodes as a starting point into artists that I've always been interested in checking out, one of those being Elvis Costello. My initial reaction was, holy shit, this guy's like 30 albums, but so far everything I've listened to has been fantastic. <laughs> I know Josh is a big fan, not sure about Connor or Ron. I've been a fan since high school. Um, So favorite album overall, favorite post attractions album and favorite collaborative album, general musings. So Uh, before Josh answers, my aim is true. And that drove a lot of my fashion sense through college. Like I had a post, I had the my aim is true poster and the black shoes, white socks, rolled jean.
3: Like that, I got from Elvis Costello. Oh, I see so, that. I have you've that. Had, you've had for years. You still. I still. I still wear. Yeah. I still. That is, I. I have that. That is framed in my upstairs yeah. hallway. Yeah. That um, was. Yep. Senior year of high school. That's when I. I love that image. Actually, like literally. Let's see. And there. Oh, there it is. <laughs> so, so say it again. What's your that's favorite? The one. Dog wait, dog wait, wait Josh.
2: Show, show that again. Show that again. That's the one. See. Look at his shoes. Look. See that. The shoe. Oh, it just went dark. The shoe. The rolled jean and the black shoe. Yeah, that's what. I, like I went to college trying to look like that. So
3: um 1977 um my favorite album is this year's model um but it's pretty close with Armed forces those are sort of a piece to me those all came out like lightning lightning um i love my aim is true but it's not the attractions on it and the band didn't really come alive until it is the attractions um the my aim is true the backing band is this band called clover who uh was huey huey lewis's band uh, but Huey didn't want to go in that day to record. He wanted to go drinking instead. So he's not on it where he would have played harmonica and not. Done I love it. you, Lewis. Yeah. Well, that's his band from the time period on Elvis's first album. Um, <clears throat> uh, I've, and I've been a fan since, yeah, since high school. So, and then in college, I really started getting to him in my early twenties. I was able to start going and buying like, I, there's only a couple artists of whom I sort of tried to get everything, like all the CDs that they did. If it was, if it was one of those things, was a lot, you know, like, I have all of the Beatles releases, I have all of Elvis Costello's album up to a certain point, I think. Um, and they're not all good, like, and he would acknowledge that, like, you don't necessarily need to own all of them. Um, and it, it's a bit much, so it, it helps to knock it down anyway. Um, what's your favorite album overall? Like, I said, this year's model, I think it has the most, like, uh no action is the opener on it. It was just a, a, a huge, fast opening, uh, you know, pounding tune. And they all kind of feel like that. That album just drives completely. And if you listen to them live from that era, there's an album called live from a combo, El Macombo, which was recorded, I think in Toronto. Um, and he was angry and drunk and they were just trying to prove themselves to everybody. And it is so much energy and it's fun. And it's, it's not punk, but it comes out of that punk rock scene in, in London, but only sort of tangentially, Um, but it has all the things without being punk, all the things about that kind of rock music that I love. And also it's funny is that his influences were nothing, nothing like what it sounds like. You know, I've seen things like, well, here's what the song that I based Allison on. And I was like, those don't sound anything alike. And I find that kind of thing fascinating.
0: Um, so that is that Jimmy world song where the chorus is crimson and clover over and over. Is that, does that, Tommy Sean Bell?
2: No, Tommy Shandell, the Tommy James and the Shondells. Oh, that's so they're not they're
0: not mentioning two Elvis no. albums. No. Okay. That's, that's a reference to Tommy James.
3: Clover was Huey and, Lewis's band from Detroit, oh, and they whatever. couldn't get anywhere here. They were just a bar band, and they had some success in uh, in the UK. So they stayed there for a while, and made another record. And so they happened to be there. Um, I guess Nick Lowe maybe was recording them. I'm not sure. Um. All right, favorite, so. Favorite collaborative album.
1: Oh
3: i don't know i don't really like all those that much like i have the burt Bacharach one i have the roots one it's not really been a thing i i don't really like those all that much um i mean my my favorite collaboration is with the attractions or you know with the imposters now um favorite post attractions album is um uh when i was cruel i thought I, I don't I kinda get mixed about which ones are attractions and which ones are I guess King of America is not an attractions album and I really love that album too. Um oh, blood is blood and chocolate is blood and chocolate attractions? I think it is. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah. That's I love that's my li- favorite later attractions. Oh one. wow.
2: Can we can we go to the, a distraction by the way? I know we're talking about I'm sorry, Josh, are you done with yeah, that? Right. Okay. So I, co- Connor, you brought up the reference of Jimmy Eat World and Crimson and Clover. A P- um, praise
1: chorus,
2: yeah. That's from the song of praise chorus, and it features Davey von Bolen, who is the singer of the Promise Ring at the time. And in this, I never, I mean, I, I, I've been a Jimmy Eat World fan. That's since my favorite Jimmy Eat World song. Yeah, no, it's it's the best song on that album. Um, yeah. I've been a Jimmy uh, Eat World fan. Ah, uh, hey. all right, stop, stop, stop. Hey. Uh, I've been a, I've been a Jimmy Eat World fan since '97 when I saw them play a VFW hall in Detroit. I've known, you know, like I'm, I've interviewed them. I've known them. I've known Davey. Um, this is from Consequence of Sound. It says, a praise chorus. When Adkins tells Davey to sing me something that I know, right, and then Davey starts singing, and he repeats the mm-hmm. refrain of Crimson and Clover and then interweaves it with tips of the hat to Our House, Rock and Roll Fantasy, Our House by Madness, Rock and Roll Fantasy by Bad Company, Don't Let's Start by They Might Be Giants, mm-hmm. Kickstart My Heart by M- Motley Crue. And then they, then it gets into the promise rings. Why do we ever meet And all my everythings? I didn't even know that. That's fascinating. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause because Dave, Davey sings, he goes crimson and clover over and over our house in the middle of the street. Why did we ever meet? Started my rock and roll fantasy. Don't start. Don't let start. Why did we ever part? Kickstart my rock and and heart. They like rolled six songs all into one, like that. It's I never even the know post-modern that. Most modern album. I mean,
0: like yeah, that's, that's yeah, what's yeah. going on there. I'm ask you a question: How many listeners have we lost at this point? Hundreds. No, we're, we're, we're higher. We're at the highest number we've been. No, on I here. mean when later on when people are listening to the show. Oh, dozens. Uh, so. uh,
3: there, there is an episode of the Great Albums Podcast on that album, and it's it's probably one of the better ones I've listened to. Um, so if if just as a thing yep. on on uh, um uh the, the trophy album, but actually, now, I will like, tell you,
2: moment. I I saw. Promise Ring. Okay, so I saw Promise Ring open for Jimmy Eat World in Philadelphia in like '98 or '99, and then I then Bleed American came out, and I saw the Promise Ring open for Jimmy Eat World at the Roseland in New York, and I was like, oh, they're gonna do Praise Chorus, and Davy will sing that part, and they they fucking didn't, and I was like, uh-huh. that's a no, that's a no brainer. Why don't you do that? Like, oh.
0: let's that's skip to current. question twenty one. Oh, we're skipping already now. Yeah. Why? I want to do them all. Because we are running long. We're not. We're we're going. So. We have eighty. We have sixty more questions. Okay, fine. Any questions? No questions. I don't want to skip any. Let's let's do the ones quickly.
1: All, go right. Go. all right. Nineteen. Nineteen.
2: 19. The, yeah. That's you, Connor.
0: That's you. Greg B. from Oakland, California. Since capes aren't leaving the theaters anytime soon, how about a genre mash? What character, genre, and director would you like to see have a different take on a movie? My example would be a Sam Raimi Batman, but Batman's not the protagonist, but the antagonist. How about a horror thriller about trying to escape Batman? Rom-com starring Rogue. What is your pitch?
1: I, I don't hate like pitch the, questions. Can I just I say
2: and I don't like I don't like the genre mash question That's anymore. Why I was going to skip it.
1: Yeah.
3: All right. Moving on. Josh, do question twenty. <laughs> Eric from Tennessee says I I've been thinking, of, and the only reason I, I don't have a good answer for you because it doesn't. I've been thinking about this question for a couple days now with 600 episodes of iFanboy. Are you starting to get worried that the large number of episodes will scare away new listeners or more simply, when are you going to take note from Marvel EDC and start renumbering, rebooting, or start adding extra lines to or glowing parts to your wardrobe? Collars. Uh, It's not a thing. Next question. All right. Number
2: 21 from Brian C from Cleveland. I have a question that I've been thinking about since June, 2013 when I walked out of man of steel at the theater. Since then, a friend and I have argued about the relevancy of Superman today. His claim is that Superman and his values are antiquated and don't connect with people anymore. Why well, I, I argue that we want characters like Superman more than ever now. Where do you come down on this? More broadly, though, do you think there are any characters or
0: concepts in comics whose time has passed? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Superman's not relevant anymore. I think you're wrong. First of all, you you like Superman when he's not in the comics. Um, all that matters is the movie was bad. People... Superman's values are in Captain America, and those movies are super popular because they're good movies. That's all. It all comes down to how good the product is. And That's clearly, they, the Warner Brothers' biggest problem was they hired a guy in Zack Snyder, who who's, hates, who's,
2: a, who's a who's a who's a who's a masochist.
0: Well, he hates Superman.
3: Yeah, yeah. I hate to I hate to go and Superman. get get political on it, but Zack Snyder is to Superman as Donald Trump is to the White House. It just
0: feels antithetical. Agreed, man. Yeah, agreed.
3: But I mean, you can, you can I don't look at get political on that. You
0: can look at Batman v Superman, which I have checked in on a couple of times because it's on HBO all the time, and he clearly is is right for Batman and is one hundred and twenty percent wrong for Superman. And when you have a guy making those movies, they're going to make a bad movie. Huh. Um, Superman is completely relevant. I mean, I would say more relevant than ever. And if if you made a movie that had a Superman that was more in line with Superman the movie with Christopher Reeves, where in a modern setting, I think people would respond to that, but that's not what they're doing because they don't, because they have a guy who doesn't know what to do with Superman.
3: Okay. No, not
0: anymore, they don't.
3: Good analysis. Josh, next question. Uh, Stephen B. Number one, why is 2004's identity crisis so widely dissed? Was the content of rape, murder, and betrayal too dark or too altering to the characters? I thought it was a great work by Ra- uh, Brad Meltzer and Rags Morales, and probably the last time I felt anything for the character of Tim, Bra- Tim Drake. We
2: like um, it.
0: We did a whole video show on it.
2: I'm I think guessing... a lot of people, I think of people had a hard time not only with the rape stuff but with the mind wiping stuff. You know, like saying that, like, oh, this thing that you thought was like this, it wasn't because of this. You know, much like the Secret Empire. You know, like the the Dosek Machina kind of idea of the Zatanna Mike mind wipe. You know, I
3: I think there's a generational split going on. There's a younger part of comics who are uh, have different. Uh, uh, I was gonna say values, but just uh, tolerance is what is acceptable. and and I think something about that strikes them the wrong way. I can't blame them for that. Um, yep. I really liked it a lot of the time. I've read it at least once since then. I think we did a show on it. We did a whole video show on it, yeah, I think if it was done poorly, I could see that, but it's 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 still it's still pretty enjoyable. But you know, I can also see that point of view. like i do I do think if I'm taking the Grant Morrison view of, you know, like, you know, don't make these things so complicated and so dark, then it's probably bad. But if you're going to, like, it worked. Yep.
1: Okay. I think
0: it's, it's a terrific, terrific book. Next question.
3: Moving on. Of the iFanboy hosts, who are the best analogs for Jerry, George, and Kramer? For example, clearly Paul Montgomery is the Elaine of the group based on, I don't know, how he dances, perhaps. I'm guessing. I don't know. Ron's Jerry. Ron Probably the, the the problem Ron's is scary. The,
2: the pro, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like we it's all the, it's the,
1: it's no, the even Steven like,
2: thing. No, I feel like we're all George.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say we all embody all of them.
2: And if Listen. anything, I would say I would say Connor's closest to Kramer than any of us. And then we're just, <laughs> we're just and Josh, you and I are just George. We're Georges.
3: Yeah, we're not yeah. men. We're not men. No, oh. <laughs> we're not men. Yeah. Okay. Uh, of the iFanboy hosts, who are the best analogs for sidekicks? Do we have to do another analog one if we did one for him already?
2: No, we don't. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. All right, next question. Jason S writes in, says, Game of Thrones viewers are fretting about what will fill the vacuum following the conclusion of that series. What grand story will provide the long, the large class, cast, palace intrigue, and shocking plot twists they crave? My vote is for a TV adaptation of Jim Starlin's Dreadstar. Handled correctly, <laughs> Starlin. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see see that one coming. I Um, just love that it's like, that's some deep nerd shit. He's like, oh, I'm going to impress them with this one. Yeah. Handled correctly, Starlin's 1980s masterpiece is a contender to be the next must-see cable series. Sadly, there have been no updates on the project since the 2015 press release. Do you think Dreadstar is epic enough to follow in the footsteps of Game of Thrones? Um, I haven't read enough Dreadstar to comment on it. I know it exists. I know Starlin is great, but... um, Jason if he, I mean you should be the hype man for it so you should get a bunch of Jim Starlin
0: yeah so you and
3: the other three guys who know what
0: it is it's not going to be dreadstar yeah, yeah pretty much,
2: pretty guaranteed I'm, right
0: live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going all in on this one it's it's going to be more game of thrones uh, David B from Essex England I love that we're getting a ton of um, international emails David B says my question is what exactly was so complicated and confusing about the old infinite earth that required Crisis if an earth to be done, especially when it con- is considered uh, that most characters' histories, Hawkman, Legion of etc., only seem to become more complicated afterwards. And much as I enjoy many books about how trying to explain current DC continuity to a new reader, I could uh, I could understand and really liked the alternate Earths, JLA, JSA crossovers, etc. And I was only a boy, pretty much getting random issues as distributed in the UK was erratic before specialist comic shops sort or of things. So, really, so was it really so confusing? That's really his question. Why did they do Crisis? Was it really because it was all confusing?
2: I, I don't... I never thought... I mean, I like... I don't the think Mul- so. I like the multiverse. I don't think it's that confusing. I don't know why they felt the need
0: to compa- to condense to, to... I do- think it was more about focus. Yeah. Um, the, the line was too big, and they wanted to have... It's more about IP management, really. It's more about I want to have one Batman and one Superman and one Robin instead of having a bunch of them. I didn't think this like I, I think this question is entirely true. When you're a kid, these con- we, we just mentioned this Grant Morrison thing. When you're a kid, these things aren't confusing. It's when you're an adult and try to make sense of them they become confusing. Um, but I really think it wasn't a confusing issue. The confusing was just a cover story for IP management. And I think in the in the 80, in 1985, that wasn't even a concept. But ultimately, that's what they were doing was they just wanted to uh, focus the line on having one of each of their main characters. So that's right. That's what I, my 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 yeah, theory. That is. Makes sense. Huh.
3: All right, Josh, next question. Uh, Lucas, from with a K, of course, because he's from Neuenbach, uh, Austria. Uh, number one, on the pick of the week, number 403. Wow. Connor Jeez. revealed that there have been many times over the past eight years where we have known what, he ch- what was coming story-wise, but we haven't said anything. Did such prior knowledge ever taint your enjoyment of certain comics when the time came to actually read them? That's a good question.
0: Yes, that's a great question. Did, did it Connor? It can't help but not. If you if you know it's coming, you won't be surprised by something.
1: Yeah,
2: I would. I was gonna say no because I felt as if even though I knew it was coming, seeing it happen and unfold in the craft with that, like I've I'm I, I live in a post spoilers universe where I just assume <laughs> I'm gonna find out about everything. Um, you know, and so for me, it's just all about how did they do
3: it. So. With comics, uh, that's th- that's the way I feel. I mean, like I don't want somebody to ruin. I don't want to know anything about Star Wars, whatever. You know, like yeah. eventually, eventually, I'm not going to care. Like I don't want to get Game of Thrones, the show, spoiled for me at this point. Um, but with comics, uh, like the end of uh, Secret Empire was spoiled by the by the, and I kind of don't care because it's really about like how are they how are they doing it? What's it look like? How kind of storytelling is going on in there? Right. So not
0: really. I think I mean we. It sounds weird to say out loud, but like we're not normal readers at this point. We're not normal. So like they're not not normal. normal. They're not normal. Uh, (laughs) If I was the normal reader and having everything spoiled constantly, I'd be more pissed than I than I am in this position where I know a lot of things ahead of time. Okay, but 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 we know less now than we did before we were doing
3: this. That's true. But but when Mm -hmm. he says when he says we're not normal, what he means is like we keep thinking about this. It's such a. Granular level, just in order. Right, to that's, what
1: I, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like,
3: yeah. like we we
0: yeah. we're we're in the matrix <laughs> a yeah. little bit in the way that we have to. When you know as much as you know about the behind the scenes stuff, the business stuff, how the comics are made, why decisions are made, and having almost none of it being about story and character, and all of it being business, you you can't help but not be normal. Yeah. Here, read a second question. <laughs>
3: Uh, At the end of your recent book split episode about Roughneck, Josh said, realistically, am I going to read this again? Probably not. This got me thinking, which were the last three books you reread and why did you do it? Uh, And what are the common characteristics or qualities of books in general that succeed in making you reread them?
0: I like the questions that throw our own quotes at us. It feels like we're on the stand. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, clearly you like that,
2: yeah. Well, I can answer this quickly. The most recent book I've reread is... uh, uh service church and state one uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, by Dave Sim
0: <laughs> hmm
1: um
0: god I did I did reread something recently and I can't remember what it was uh I haven't reread read anything in ages the problem is churning out all of this content means you have to read new stuff constantly you don't get time for it but. yeah
1: I
3: I know I've reread some stuff I know I can I kind of go back to the things that I know I've reread a lot of times. Like I've reread Preacher. It's one of the last things I sort of went through again. Like the long, sort of the last like long series I reread. Um, and I put this you know, like New Frontier. I reread New Frontier because it and and I. Uh, that was it was it was after Darwin died. Right. I was, yeah. reread New Frontier and I reread um, Parker again. Um, New Frontier especially. I mean, I know that, that, that Parker was, was like, his, his thing. But New Frontier really is, it's, like, my favorite modern superhero story. And I, I, got, I got a ton out of it. Um, and I think that there, I mean, there's a timelessness. There's, there's just, like, top, 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 top ten high-end quality and, and, and timelessness. It's something that you keep, you're, you're constantly finding something or reminding yourself about something that makes you really happy in that text, one way or the other. Cool. All right. Can we just um, um, question. We no. Can... No. Okay. no?
2: I don't know. No. I don't want to that question. Yeah. 26. Right, um, it's not anything, sp- it's just, we. I feel like we've talked about that already. Uh, next question. Patrick M. from Chicago, longtime listener, first time caller with a question I've been thinking about for at least a year uh ensuring that i spend time each day pondering it at least 10 minutes a day which by the way of all the things we've done i'm most proudest of of the the how long have you been thinking about this meme so thank you everyone i personally want to thank everyone for keeping on doing that (laughs) yeah that
0: was who was that with me that was you ron it was you and me. You it was you at and the me one at the yeah, con? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We'll never tell that story. Never yet. tell it. No, no, but that was you and me, right? Okay.
2: It was you and me. Yep. Okay, okay. All right. So Patrick says, When I when I liked the iFanboy on Facebook, I took note of the banner photo. Look, Michael Banner. banner. <laughs> um, of the three of you holding up comics you're reading at the time. Connor is reading Batman Detective Comics, Josh is reading Why the Last Man, and Ron is reading Astonishing X-Men for those listeners who haven't seen the photo. And you can go to Facebook.com/slash iFanboy and see that 10-year-old photo. <laughs> My question is if the three of you took that picture right now today, what comic books would you hope be holding up and reading with the state comics are currently in with the image boom and the seemingly directionless nature of the big two, I'd be curious to know what books the three of you would display in that photo. The guidelines I place on you all is the book must be one currently published in single issues on the racks and it doesn't have to be a specific a specific issue, just a series. so what would it be? This is, this is a good
0: question. It's an easy question for me X-Men gold No uh, uncanny X-Men. There is is there is there an uncanny X-Men book?
2: Oh, God, there isn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. That was so good. <laughs> that, I felt my whole heart is full. I feel like the Grinch. My heart is oh, grown. God. Oh, God. my God. Oh, God, I just realized you're I right. There's an no uncanny X-Men book. It's X-Men book. Is this
2: happening? Where the, where, what happened? Oh, God.
3: <laughs> oh, so, he, just woke up. Like... he just realized he's living in a nightmare hellscape. All of a sudden, it's I can't breathe. breathe. My chest like, <laughs> I smell toast. What is going on? You smell birds.
2: you left
1: arm numb? Oh, it is. Oh, what the fuck are they doing over there? <laughs> why? Why, did, why would they do that? Why would they, they the do chat that? Room, by the way. <laughs>
2: why? Why? <laughs> why would they do that?
0: I'm crying. I'm literally crying. <laughs> Josh, what would you be? That what book would you be holding? up? <laughs>
3: My first instinct is to say,
0: La- to say Lazarus. <laughs> Lazarus."
3: Yeah, because if you're not reading it and it gets canceled, no, oh, yeah, I it it will is. find you. Hmm. Right uh, against the
0: wall. I mean, I'm still, I'm still holding up Batman. I mean, I, I think I was holding up the t- Detective back then. That was the, the Paul Dini run. Yeah, but uh, I'd be holding up Tom King's Batman. Oof. Ron, do we need a doctor?
2: what the fuck <laughs> it was around this year it stopped at some 2017 i'm looking this up now what the fuck and i have it, a distinct
0: it, memory you guys of being in san diego comic-con talking to jason aaron many years ago and ron telling him how this was in the midst of all the mm-hmm. when marvel first started rebooting everything and ron said he was fine with it unless they rebooted nope. it on nope. and then he nope. would stop reading yes nope. you did and no, then jason, jason's eyes went like this Nope, you have the story wrong. You have
2: the story no, wrong. He did. was It was, was, there. It was I, in. It was in Seattle, and it was CB.
0: No, 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 no. Because I remember the same moment. I remember the same moment. sometimes we you say the same beard. thing more than once. Yeah, we yeah, were no, talking. But, we were talking about his beard, and we were making fun of his beard. Is one hundred percent Jason Aaron because he was writing X Men at the time, and you said the only thing that would freak that would get you to stop reading comics was if they renumbered. You're Uncanny mixing up X-Men. stories. It was, not, it was CB in Seattle. It was CB in Seattle. It was you
2: and I at a restaurant with with CB in Seattle, no. and I said that, and CB made a face, and you started laughing the way you do. It was I swear to
0: God, it was I remember these it, moments. It didn't happen twice because we did it, with Jason. Around too. okay. What is your book, Ron?
2: Uh, so, no, it's Uncanny X Men number nineteen from earlier this
0: year. <laughs> okay. Sons of bitches. All right, so. Next email. I feel like the, the timing on this is perfect. So email, well, by,
2: by the way, I just want before you do that, I want to, I want to check in. We are now at the two-hour mark.
0: Yeah, right. we need to do that. So, all right, Chris L writes and says, "Please find below the patron powers updated with August's entries." Oh my God, this is the one. In Holy addition, shit. congratulations on episode six hundred, and just as importantly, your first anniversary of dishing out patron powers, twenty eighth of August two thousand sixteen through twenty seventh of August two thousand seventeen. We've been doing it for a year. Wow. Has it felt like a year? No. 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 All right, so here we go. I know how Connor likes stats on things. I do. So allow me to provide you some. So far, 200 powers bestowed, allowing for two weeks off at Christmas time. 65 by Connor, 66 by Josh, 69 by Ron. 28 patrons, 14% were also given a superhero (laughs) name in the process of getting their power. (laughs) The opinion has been expressed on the podcast that perhaps the powers that are handed out in some way reflect their lives, desires, needs, wants of the donor. In the, pa- in the last year, 30 powers were near exact duplications of a previously given power. So as these are the most donated powers, perhaps they reveal sub subconscious truths about our hosts, people and things which speak only to you. Episode 557, Steph- Stephen Brown has bilateral sentient ears which talk to him and only him, bestowed by Ron. And 567, Kurt Koenig, Teddy Roosevelt lives inside his head, also by Ron. Shrinking within limits 558, Jack McGuin can shrink himself but only to 60% of his normal size by Connor. And 594, Tim McCluskey can shrink himself but but needs kinetic energy from a mile and a half run to get the power to do so by Ron. Ron, that one was brilliant. Thank you. Seeing a negative, by the way, my neighbor right now probably hates me. Seeing a negative color, episode 559, Tyler Olson can see only negative color by Connor. And 580, Grand Cannon can only see a negative color. However, he can turn his body inside out. To restore normal vision by Ron. Ron, you're a, you're a superpowered <laughs> genius. Uh, very short. I'm sweating with my towel. Very short times time span, Time travel. Five sixty two. Patrick Bolman can time can travel through time by thinking about it for three minutes at a time. By Ron. Jesus, you're so good at this. <laughs> Five ninety one. Alan Travis is a 10-second time traveler. Forwards are backwards by Josh. Uh, talking to creatures with a. <laughs> Talking to creatures with a mutual understanding, 562, John O'Neill can talk to birds in English by Connor. 564, Chris Morris can talk to babies and understand them by Ron. 576, Brian Adcock can talk to dogs by Connor. Do you want me to, do you want me to take some of these, Connor, to give you a break? Or? I'm good. Mimic, mimicking dance moves, 562, Ryan Brown can copy anyone's dance moves and can replicate them by Connor. 599 can mimic dance moves by – so I, I, dupl- I duplicated that one. You really like, uh, da- you really like dancing, Connor.
2: That's he what wants to learned. dance. No, Fixing no. He wants things so dance. Much.
0: Fixing things to their level, 563, Alex Howard can hang any picture absolutely straight by Ron, and 584, James Burton can level things to the appropriate level by Ron. Ron has a lot of leveling issues in his life. <laughs> uh, talking in movie quotes, 563, Andrew Marshall can talk only in movie quotes from the original point, Brank, point, point blank mo- point <laughs> point break. Break movie word uh, perfectly despite never having seen the film by Connor, and 594, Carlton Voigt can only speak in dialogue quoted from uh, verbatim from Oscar nominated films by Josh. Uh, control over hair growth, 566. Darren has precise control over the growth of his hair. Applies to all body hair by Connor. 569. Frank Davenport can grow facial, or facial hair to any length, color, or style by Connor. I have spent a lot of time with facial hair. And 583. Freddie Wellsworth has prehensile nasal hair by Ron. Ron, once again. <laughs> brought to you by Harry's. Picking ripe fruit. 567. Jared Gossett can pick the best fruit piece of fruit by Josh. 573. 574. Carl Phyllis always knows in the avocado that it's ripest by Connor which is a big issue in California. Turning translucent, 567. Ernesto Alanez can turn translucent by Connor. And 599 can turn 50% translucent <laughs> by Connor. I can go through all the numbers. I can do 75 Are we allowed to do that? Something we've done before, <laughs> but just by half? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're almost done here. InVision, heads-up display, 567, Ron King. Sees everything like the Terminator. Red with a heads-up display. And it can zoom in on stuff by Josh. And 567, same episode. Jameson Alcorn has a display with an accurate real-time update on calories and nutritional information by Connor You can figure out what that one's about controlling the volume of stuff 570 Eric can reduce any volume of anything down to a reasonable level by Ron (laughs) 593 Ryan solace can silence people making the zip it gesture by Josh and uh, Roller skate feet this one. We talked about last couple weeks ago Joshua Lincoln Nelson has roller skate feet that emerge from the soles of their feet by Connor and 597 Chad Urban has roller skates that emerge from the soles of his feet, except the wheels are shaped like triangles. A <laughs> nice like swerve at the end. And finally, looking or sounding like celebrities, Mark Wahlberg, John Lehman of Chu, Rod Torn, Curtis Armstrong, Abe Vagoda have all been mentioned. And perhaps that lineup gives us our best insight into our collective psyche. So that is
1: Wow. That
2: is uh I, I do like some... Uh, Bear Clemens in the chat room says the little Palpatine is still my favorite, and that might be mine too. <laughs> I
0: love little Palpatine. So that is the rundown on the patron powers, which leads us right into this week's patrons. Uh, we're going to thank the patrons this week. If you go to patreon.com slash and give at a $5 level or higher, you get your own superpower as listed previously by Chris L. Jeez, that was three pages. Jeez. Uh, so let's we'll start us off by thanking this week's patrons, Josh. Well, of course, uh, first up is
3: Drew DeSario. And uh Drew can Drew can just slow everything down. Just a little bit. <laughs>
1: just, just slow it all
3: down. <laughs> just a bit. I don't know if that has anything to do with my psyche. But uh, you know what? Let's just slow this all down. Take our time. And he can he can do that. Everything will just sort of Mellow out. He's he's pot, I guess. No, um, <laughs> he has right. the, he has the power to he has the power to slow time, just slightly enough for everyone to catch their breath.
2: All right, we want to thank Henry Jones, Jr. Uh, we want to thank Henry Jones <laughs> for supporting I Fanboy and Henry Jones. His uh, kneecaps are baseballs. <laughs> just regular. Just regular baseballs. Like, just a
0: the Rawlings, in fact. (laughs) Okay, do you think his friends call him Indiana? I feel like your friends would have to call you Indiana if you're Junior. Junior, they named you after the dog.
1: All right,
0: in honor of of Chris L's rundown of the similar powers, I love uh, that dog. Keegan Baggin, uh, he should hang out with the guy. Remember, we had a guy who controlled not a hobbit humidity around him, Yeah, yeah. Um, Keegan Baggin. Is a human air conditioner, and you could definitely uh, take my current life and figure out why Imply I'm doing that. His,
2: so is uh, he just is, wait, wait, a minute, wait, a minute, wait, 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 wait? I got questions, Connor. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. He, is he always cool, or is he constantly blowing out cool air, thus cooling the room around him?
0: He creates a cool bubble. Okay, we'll so you ten, get ten feet in diameter. So yeah, so he's cool,
3: he's cooling the room around. He him. is cool he's like a doorway in New York City. Yeah,
0: yes. he's he's a cool ten foot bubble, so you could get in close and feel right. that cool air. No,
2: but but wouldn't the cool air dissipate past the ten feet or stop? No, it just stops. Feet? It stays. So he has he has an invisible field around him that is keeping it. Yes.
1: Okay, but
0: he generates from his body this cool,
2: all right, air. I think he it's better if it, it if it dissipates and cools the room. To be honest with you, I'm
0: just not okay. To, well, you know. you know, next time that could be yours. All, all right, right. Uh, but he wouldn't be sitting here sweating and holding a towel to his head like I am. Yeah.
2: Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Is it hot there?
0: Yes. Okay. Kyle, Josh, last one.
3: Kyle Recksteiner. Um, Kyle Recksteiner. Now, his thing is kind of past. But he knew exactly when Abe Vigoda was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> he, now- did he die? <laughs> yes, he's dead. Yes, I had to look it up. Yeah, I don't know if any of you saw me. Before it came up, It's was like, let me just, okay. Uh, he knew He knew all along. When did Abe Vigoda die? 2016. Last year, what?
2: Yeah, just go yeah. to the website. Is is Ava go to dead? Now it says yes, or is Ava go to alive? And it says no. I mean, Die, anyway, uh, twenty six, two thousand
0: sixteen. I mean, blocked that and out. And that's
3: anyway. totally fair. He knew all along, though. He doesn't okay. know he, how he knew, but he knew it. He knew it with a certainty, and it came and then, to pass. And then he now, wasn't surprised.
2: Then now, does he just not have any? Like, he's like, what's the point?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: useless. useless.
3: Well, it's yeah. hard. He can't bring it up with a therapist because. Yeah. It's gonna sound like an. Did he, did he
2: try to
0: warn? Him? Did he try to warn him?
3: No, you can't get involved. No, yeah, no, he knew that. You know, you don't want it. You can't, you can't get involved with it. You can't stop it. But he knew. You can't stop death. Yeah. So All
2: right. exactly. All right. Well, you can go to patreon.com slash I Fanboy sign up, and you can get if you sign up at a certain that five dollars or higher, you can get your own uh, interesting power. And honestly, a year into Patreon. If anyone's still listening at this point on the podcast, thank you everyone for your support. You guys are the best. And, you know, and the we, patience of those of you who do not have done, powers I think yet. We've done
0: about half of them, so, you know, another yeah, year we'll be, getting we'll, be,
2: we'll be, you know, we'll get there. there. All right, Josh, you got the next question.
3: 28. Uh, BJ from South Korea. Uh, the Korea I like. I don't know if that's biased. It's the one I like best.
0: Don't piss them off.
3: <laughs> Here are some dumb superpowers for you three. I've literally been thinking about this. Well, obviously, Josh can force himself to black out for nine seconds at will. This allows him to avoid any embarrassing questions or awkward meetings. Codename would- possum.
0: That's a, that's, a, that's that's right on the nose. Wouldn't that totally. make it more awkward that you suddenly black out for eight, nine seconds? I would call it out. That's
3: how I would deal with it. I know. I blacked I out. I love that, though. I love and that. I did it on purpose. Oh, all the problems are still here. Connor has photographic memory for anyone's <laughs> sneeze. Phono, phonographic phonographic if he hears it once he'll never forget that person codename tish okay ron can teleport himself to and from any ikea in the world he cannot take anything or anything or anyone with him when he bamps, but he can go from paris to tokyo ikea with a bamf and he loses his clothes codename that ikea boy
2: Wait a minute! 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 Yeah!
3: Wait a minute! He buried the
2: lead. He buried totally buried the lead there. The
3: and he loses his clothes. American arrested again in IKEA. This time in
0: Tokyo. Middle-aged hipster naked in Paris IKEA.
3: That
2: being able to transport IKEAs that's fine. Just let me keep my. clothes. They're everywhere. They're
3: everywhere. Yeah, they are. All right. The one thing don't sell there is clothes for Ron. Yeah
2: to stash them everywhere all right next question comes from damien from pittsfield massachusetts it says before i get to my question i want to tell you that the oh wow geez here we go that kid. let's skip this thank you damien i appreciate that um th- <laughs> uh so thank you for listening on to my question if nasa tasked you with supplying a space capsule with five comics with the intention of an alien colony reading them what would you pick the comics would essentially be a brochure of earth Influence in the alien colony to either come in peace or declare war on the planet
0: Earth. Southern bastards, nice. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, lost, lost girls. Definitely, lost <laughs> girls
2: is in there. Definitely. Um. Uh,
3: uh, uh, oh. Uh, um. Uh. Laugh them.
0: Oh, stray bullets. Stray bullets. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Good call. Good call. So this is our nihilistic uh, pod. Yeah. Yep. All right. Matt G writes and says, "You pointed out one of my favorite parts of Dark Knight's Metal Number One—the see the '90s editor's note, which was it was a good job." Yep. Out of curiosity, do you have any personal favorite editor's notes <laughs> from any comic book? In the memories or moments with editor's notes—I don't, I, I don't have any. I, I can't
2: remember editor's notes. Come on, man.
3: Come on. I like their existence. Josh.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: Adam D. What's better? Propane or charcoal? I've been thinking about this one for a minute since I heard the show. That's in the minute in the millennial sense. Uh, since I heard the show 598 that you all used to do a barbecue show.
0: Hold, before you answer, it's important to Adam and everyone else, again, who's new and doesn't wasn't around for the video, that all of our old barbecue shows, you can watch them on YouTube. They are. And so what we did was, usually once a year... We did this. Around July 4th, we would go to one of the people's houses, usually Ron or Josh's, because they live... At the, you know, places with yards. Um, no, no, Ron's, or Ron's family's house. Yeah, um, and we had barbecue and answer emails. Were uh, all the on one who's been to my house. That's right.
3: That's right. That's
0: right. All right. So Six charcoal nine. or propane? I, I mean, charcoal.
3: I, I, no. So he said, "What's better?" And that is a tough question because you know, okay, middle of the day. For lunch, I decide I want to grill something, and I only have to ma- – I'm making lunch for myself. I'm well, that's gonna... a
0: working-from-home man's problem.
3: Right. Well, okay. So what's better? That's all he asked. Charcoal. Propane. I ha- Listen, I have <laughs> both. I don't have time to do that. Charcoal, you know the benefit? I have a charcoal grill, and I use it when I can, but the benefit is much more slight than you would think. If I'm trying to assure something's properly cooked, propane is going to do a better job on it. Yep. It's more even. And that's the thing. It's like,
2: I I get it. I get what charcoal brings to the table in a grilling sense. Um, I actually have never had a charcoal grill just because I've always had propane because I I like the control of it. And I like, you can do more with it where charcoal is really, you know, like a, it always takes forever to get lit and get going. And then uh, unless you spend meticulous time arranging the coals and doing all that sort of stuff. And also you need one that's big enough so you can have a, uh, a, a, you know, a cooler area off to the side than the hot, you know, kind of, I don't know. I, I, I prefer the, the control of gas versus charcoal. if I
3: have time, which I never have. I like, I like charcoal. I like working with it. Uh, the charcoal chimney is the biggest thing for me. Cause like, you can just, mm-hmm. the, it's perfect. It does all the work. It's good to go. Whenever I get a chance, I do it. I have one of those, uh, uh, Weber, you know, one touch silvers, uh, that's great, but, it's a special occasion kind of thing it's-
0: i um i have a little balcony in my apartment and i have a little char you know weber charcoal grill and then uh, a couple of years ago my neighbor was getting rid of his propane giant you know awesome giant grill like you guys have or had and so i had it on my balcony also and i never used it i used it one time i always use the charcoal one i just like it better Interesting. Yeah. Now, right now what's,
2: what's what's upsetting and what's disturbing is that the building I live in now, I do have an outdoor area, but charcoal and propane are not allowed. So I have a little Weber electric and oh, it's it's tough. It's New York. Who gives a fuck? No, Use the charcoal grill. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. Maybe. Maybe I'll 32, get that one. 32. Okay. 32. Um, Josh from Danbury, Connecticut says, congratulations on your 600th episode. Speaking of milestones, Action Comics will be reaching its 1000th issue early next year. Who would you like to see write, or dr- write and draw that episode? Although further away, who would you like to see write and draw Detectives one- 1,000th issue? Um, I've been thinking about this question ever since you mentioned your 600th episode.
0: It's actually a really interesting question because that is a huge milestone. Yeah. It's easy to say whoever's doing the comic at the time should do it, but it's a big deal. Uh, I feel like it should be an all-star issue. It's got to oh, be... just like a collection? Of, I mean, yeah. no, but It's got to be like, get a bunch of guys... Who yeah. did, For many, as many eras as you can Who did fit. Superman and do them all. I mean, get them all. The old, the, old, the my, my favorite anniversary has always had short stories by a bunch of different guys from different eras that are not tied into whatever's happening. That should be what, a thousand a thousand should be a, a celebration of 80, 80 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A Superman? It should be a celebration. It should be 80 years <laughs> worth of, yeah. I got scotch in me.
2: Nice. I'm starting to sober up. I need a moment to step away to get.
0: the well, No, that, but should, I really, that should
3: also be the kickoff for Mark Wade's run, though.
0: Ron, yes. uh, Ron, go get your beer, and Josh and I will talk about Batman.
2: Okay, you talk about Batman. I don't. Don't
0: do the next question because I want
2: to. Oh. I want to hear the next question get read.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so, Josh, who should draw hmm. Detective One Thousand? That's. A, I mean, that's a. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna say something that is
3: not mm-hmm. what we're looking for, and yep. it doesn't apply. Okay. Darwin Cook. Well, I mean. We'll... That's who should do it. Like in a perfect world, that's the person who gets to do that. Since it isn't, um, I think what you said is true. I think uh, I think Paul Dini should be in there. I think Mm -hmm. you know it's like an all star. Paul Dini should
1: should
0: be in there.
3: Ideally, Um, I have a Grant
0: Grant and Brayfogle story. You'd have a Paul Dini story with whatever artist he wanted. You know, do Neil Adams draw it? it. Neil Adams Mm -hmm. should be in there. Greg Rucka should be in there. Didn't Um, Aparo Aparo died right? Um, I mean, you, you. It should be guys from every era. Parr is on Batman, a, though. There should be a Snyder story with with Capullo. There should be a Jock story. There should be a Tom King story. Um, it, it should be a celebration of all those eras, and they shouldn't be worried about continuity. And they should take place in different eras, and they should have different costumes. There should be a Batman and Dick Grayson story. There should be a Batman and Jason Todd story. There should be a Batman and Tim Drake story. And I never it, say that they should all end with Damien dying. <laughs> And I I would never say this, but it should be fucking massive. Yeah, it should be a hundred pages. Each one should be a hundred pages. Yeah. It should cost ten dollars. Yep, I'm fine with all that. And it should be a hundred pages. And it should be everyone from all of the eras, and and everyone should end with Damien dying. And it should have it should have a massive gallery of of pinups. Yeah, I mean, it, this should be a celebration of of uh, the characters' ninety year history, or eighty years, or whatever. I can't. The more alcohol I drink, the more the more math I can't do.
3: All right, we're ready. Oh, hang on. Before we go Actually, to the next question. Write that down for a shirt.
2: Yeah, more <laughs> alcohol. Before we go on to the next question, I would just like to note that I'm switching to Austin oh. East Ciders, pineapple cider. And oh. uh Connor, in honor of this, we would like I've to thank we'd like to thank our friends Ryan and Elizabeth for providing uh, this
0: oh, little gem. Fuck you. He's so. showing he's showing us a Carvel cake in my and it's one of the few things I miss about New York. And I almost yep. they have Carvel cake at Ralph's here in LA. And I almost bought one. But literally, I looked at it. And I said, "I don't." I literally don't have room in my, in my freezer for it. It is the it is the original Lil' love. I literally bought that one. Almost
2: bought that one today with the chocolate crunchies. So I'm I just glad to have that one. I'm just gonna eat this while
0: we while right. we question thirty three from CJB. He says number one. This one is fucked up. Thank you, CJ. Do you this, think this one, this one is really fucked up? <laughs> do you think you all would have kept in touch with each other for as long as you have if you hadn't started this podcast? It's a tough question. Okay,
3: here's my response. My initial response. I, I wouldn't even want to think about it. Thank God for the podcast. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I cannot tell you I. my life. Their lives, yeah. their, our lives would be 100% different and and so much the poorer for it yeah. that it's
0: not even – it's 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 uh, that's, a, that's a stupid well, timeline. The thing that people have to understand, Josh and Ron – and I'm speaking for the three of us. I assume I hope uh, – well, fuck you, Ron, while he eats cake – are two of my best friends. Like if I had like five friends in the world, they would be in that group of friends forever. Uh, but, but it wasn't like that when we started. No. Right? We weren't we weren't we we were friends and we had similar interests yeah. but we weren't this tight when we started in 2001. We all went to college together. We were friends in different ways in college, but we weren't this tight. But if the show did tomorrow, it, it it wouldn't stop. I mean, our friendship would continue. So this this the, the Sure. The, although maybe maybe not now now with Ron, maybe just me and Josh at this point. Listen, um, man. Listen, man. You chose to move to LA. <laughs> I came back to New York for the Carvel. How did he get if he stayed in New York? I don't. I don't even want to think about what. Uh, I mean, honestly, if we ha- well, first off, if we hadn't done the sh- deny fanboy, we wouldn't be friends, probably.
2: Uh, uh, I don't know. I, mean, I no, I don't know. I think I think that we would. We've never
3: done iFanboy, fanboy. We wouldn't. Yes, yes. The, we bond, the bond, would not be the same. I would absolutely I if, still
0: be friends with you. Who guys. are you Who do you talk to from college still? Well, you. Yeah. Um, I don't talk to any of those people from college. Yeah, good I don't point. talk to anybody from high school. I still talk to people from college a little. I still talk I to don't, I'm, I'm not counting Facebook. Facebook friends are what they. What I mean, I mean like, if we had never done a fanboy, the, the three of was, us would no, not we, have been it, this close.
2: I mean, it's funny. No, it's, no, it's funny because uh, you know, recently going through the organizational job that I've been going through recently, it makes you look at your relationship with people and realize that you know that if I don't have your phone number in my phone, we're not really friends, you know, like if I haven't seen you for a few years, like, yes, we chat on Facebook. And I think that's great because Facebook has allowed me to stay in touch with some people who I consider really great friends from college and stuff like that. But like, you know, like, like for example, so in in next weekend, Josh and I are going, we're going to go see some bands play and I'm going to stop and see someone who I consider a very good friend from college. And I realize I haven't seen her for more than 10 years. Yeah, like, like possibly fifteen years. We talk on Facebook all the time. I see pictures of her kids. I know all this stuff and all this sort of stuff, but I haven't seen her for fifteen years. That's not a real friend, you know. So right. I mean, she's great. She's awesome, but yeah, but the, you know, and Facebook I think- has forged this friendship. Not
0: Facebook. Yes, I fanboy has forged this friendship.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And- I think that we, I think that we were all casually friends. We started yeah. doing this for some dumb reason, and then we became better friends, and then we became
0: hetero life partners. Um, when and then- you, when you go through, what you've, seen when you have seen some shit. Through- yeah. When you go through where you're you're I'm, I'm swatting at a fly if people can see me uh, owning a business together, uh, doing a show together every week, running I mean you for, you forge a, a bond that you can't replicate in any other way right um you know like I'm in L.A. right now I don't see these guys personally Mike Romo is my best friend in L.A. I spend a, a lot of time with us. I see him every day basically yep. um but you wouldn't have that friendship without us. But the thing is, the three of us, the, you, two guys, Mike. Those are my th- three best friends, and right. it's all for my fanboy. Um and we, no, we, yeah. we, but we wouldn't be we wouldn't be as close if not for him. Yeah, I mean, I
2: mean, it's tough because we're all in different parts of the country and we don't see each other as much as we, <laughs> we used to. But <laughs> I just read part two. <laughs> I
0: know, yeah. All right. Well, yeah.
2: we'll part two. But, CJ but, says, no, and you're no, no, you, no, CJ. No, uh, but hang on, hang on before. No, no, but it's such that we're all in different parts of the country. But even then. Any op, I mean, like we talk every day. I talk to you guys more than you know, like there's, there's, I talk to there's you more
0: than my brother.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. Like, there's a handful of there's only a handful Your of people I talk God. to nearly as much as I talk to you guys. And any opportunity to get together in person, we take it and cherish it. Like we yeah. love, I mean, oh, yeah. and we've been lucky this year because we've actually had a lot this year, so it's it's kind you of and right, you know.
0: seeing each other again in, in a little while. Uh question two. Not if not a, not if, wait, wait, was, wait, wait,
2: wait, I'm
3: sorry. not I, not, I, I was I, gonna say, not if CJ has anything to do with it, Connor. Right. I, I, but, one more, one more, one more thing to add that. I people I want people to understand this. We tell each other we love each other all the time. Yeah. yeah. Not ironically. Mm-hmm. Not with a thing. Like I I get I, I sometimes and I think that's why our show is
0: good. Question 2 from CJ you son of a bitch. If one of you were to die, say of mysterious <laughs> causes, would the rest of you continue doing the show? Bonus question, who died and how did they go? Now, do we give the back? Do we give the background of this
2: But by the way, CJ, amazing that you asked it. Yeah. But there's there's a little side story to this which is somewhere and i think this is my fault because i just have a really weird sense of humor but not just you at sandy at san San diego a couple years ago at one point i asked the question what if one of us died right now do we do we still cover the show do they still have the con and like and then i've continued to ask that question at various points we're like what if what if like
0: before Connor's wedding, I turn to. What, what if one of us just died right now? Do they still have the wedding? Well, I, and I even, I even will bring that into like work, like because yeah. I, I people don't understand. Like, so if because we go to we go on work trips a lot, it's like, well, if if you died on this trip, do we still have to do these meetings? <laughs> and no one understands what I'm talking about. Um, it's a great question. It's a great I, question. I, honestly, what? I don't think we would. No, I don't think we keep doing the show. I don't think
2: we, we would. We used to joke that, like, if we if one of us died in San Diego, we'd keep doing it because that's what they would have wanted. <laughs> <laughs> but in all reality, that if for God forbid if one of the three of us, oh, God, for, no, God forbid, no, that wouldn't happen. I think I think we would stop. I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't. Yeah.
0: No. Now the question is, who's going to die and how do they go? Well, someone in the chat room says poison Carvel cake, which so you should think about, Ron. That should really keep you up at night. Uh. My mountain biking accident I haven't been uh, on a mountain bike in months. Exactly. So the next time you'll be, you'll be rusty. Oh, uh, some dumb fuck who doesn't know how to use a four-way stop sign in LA. Ron's going to die texting while driving. Wait, I missed that. What was that? You'll die texting, die texting while, texting while driving.
2: While driving. Oh, I do not do that much less now.
0: He'll drive He'll die in the subway. From what
2: I yeah, read in the I'm, paper. Uh, honestly, honestly, I, there are times in the subway. I'm just like, Oh man, I'm, I hope I don't fall in there. Um,
0: <laughs> All right, Ron. I need to throw this cake out because I'm making a mess. All right, well, we'll continue talking while you... Uh... Yeah,
3: well, Keith, you can do the next question. That's fine. Uh,
0: Josh, you want to read 34? Luke P.
3: from Perth, Western Australia. I've been thinking about this question for around an hour and a half. Oh as boy. someone who grew up in the 90s, most of my foundation knowledge of comic book characters came from the cartoon from the quality cartoons on offer and TV at the time, which then made it very easy for me to dive into comic books as a teenager. This got me thinking... Has this format become redundant due to the popularity of superhero movies, teen TV shows? And if so, is this a problem as very little of the current mainstream content is appropriate slash relatable for young kids? Are there any quality superhero cartoon shows out right now?
0: Your kids like uh, the old Dini cartoons, right? The old Bruce Tim cartoons. No. I thought you told me they were watching all the. Oh, uh, oh uh, Henry and I
3: were watching He's three. We were watching the the Justice League ones, which are super inappropriate for a three year old. By the way, I'm
2: sorry to interrupt. Did anyone just see me almost fall into my chair? By the way,
0: no. Which Go again, ahead. it would have been cake related death. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> um, also, someone had, someone in the chat room said rebar accident for all of our deaths, and that which would is be very true.
1: A lot Um, of construction
0: in the city. So, Ron, this question is about cartoons and uh, a kid of the you know Luke was a kid in the 90s. He came in through cartoons. We we hear that a lot. People came in through X Men and Batman. Yeah, but only people of that age. So the thing is, no, because comic books existed for 50 years before that. There, it's not Mm -hmm. a problem. Well, the question is, is it redundant? Do we need the cartoons if the movies are if the movies are taken? There's tons of TV shows also.
2: I think I mean, like, I, I, mean I don't I, I don't quite understand what the question is, but yeah. I remember I remember growing up
3: I watched Super Friends before I started reading comics. The question is basically that for me this worked and this thing doesn't exist anymore. Is comics gonna be okay because of that? It's what it sounds like to me. And and like this Yes. Yeah. I mean it, comics is gonna change because everything in media is changing in this format. It's funny the creaky, the, all 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 sort of old media formats that are super are super creaky now, and comics is just another one of them. So it's going to shift. Yep. We don't know what form it'll take, but it's held on a lot longer than it had any right to do.
0: Marvel is still pumping out shows. Yeah. Um, I don't watch any of them. I don't. The Teen Titans is still on TV. I just saw it the other day. Uh, there was like a marathon of it. Um, I don't know if there's any that's as relevant as the nineties cartoons were to being, to bring in comic readers. I don't think there probably is.
3: Well, there's, there's not, there's not a mass outside of the movies. There's not going to be that. Are you of,
0: stretching? I am.
3: I am. I'm sitting <laughs> on a stool. Okay. Um, so here's yeah. the thing, folks. But if like, you're
0: not here for the live show to watch the video, you're missing out. Josh doing yoga. It's, it's all, it's a whole thing. Continue.
3: I started getting a leg cramp. Um. I mean, like, 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 Those comics could be this like shared mass experience. So, everybody who was a a kid, I I would say in America, but apparently you're in Australia. So, worldwide, you know, that was the cartoon that was on. Was it daily or was it weekly? I don't remember. Actually, was actually a little older for it. Ron, you were actually. It was
2: was, um, daily weekly. I don't remember. At some point, it was daily at least. I don't
3: remember. But, like, like, there was a point. So, like, people like our age. Cause we're, we're like, we all watch GI Joe every day, every day, because that's what aired somewhere. Like whenever the, the shows, they showed cartoons in the morning before school and in the afternoon after school, that was on for somebody in America and probably in the rest, maybe not the rest. of the world I
0: don't show. mean to laugh, but someone in the chat room said Josh's gimp just woke up and he's holding down the uh, chat. <laughs> <door>. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe it was just funny. Uh, no you're I, mean, I I think I, I think we, we, we've talked about this before. most people don't who are younger than us don't understand how important the GI Joe cartoon was to bring comic readers in yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, it, for the most of the people who I knew because I've been reading comics my whole life the people who I was friends with growing up didn't read them until after watching the G.I. Joe cartoon. so my point is that there was a
3: much larger sort of mainstream shared cultural experience that isn't going to exist anymore, but it's the movies. It, it, the movies are the closest you're going to get yeah no taking-
2: I, I disagree i think i think the i think the cartoons will continue because it's funny because connor I agree with you that the gi joe stuff was so influential to, to folks our age but and for i i would hear for years and many people in the chat room many people have written into us many of our friends have said how important by the way that that bottle has this way lower than you said you would go no i have one more drink in me and that's all okay. i can and i'll move to beer um but the, the X-Men cartoon being so influential to a whole nother generation, which by the way always drove me nuts because I was because everyone's like, oh, I got into comics because of the X-Men cartoon. And I was like, fuck you, I was already reading. But um the thing is I th- I'm I old. think that there's I think that is, there's a phase in life that there's a time that you watch cartoons, mm-hmm. right? And and like what's interesting is that my niece is going into high school now, which is crazy. But that
0: I yeah, I know. That's Hold crazy. On. I'm, I'm yeah. recalibrating. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. After this um, goes over, I'm going to go find a nice flow, continue. Yeah.
2: Anyway, please um please. she um I went to her middle school graduation thing or whatever, and all of her she and her friends sworn me because she told them that I do the show and everything, and all of her friends love the Marvel movies. And oh my god, they're amazing yeah. whatever. And but they're 13, 14, that's the age that you get into movies. Yeah. Right? And and before that they had watched Teen Titans Go, and they watch the, the, the Marvel yeah. stuff, you know, the superhero squad and all that sort of stuff. I think that there's a time period when cartoons is your driving factor, then you move into movies and at some point you hope you pull into comics and comics will keep you going throughout the whole
0: time. When we were kids, Batman Animate Animated Series was something you could yeah. watch as a 13, 14 year old so when there weren't movies you had that. And even yeah. X-Men I didn't like the X-Men cartoon, I watched it but I didn't like it because it wasn't as good as it, but whatever. It's still something you could watch as a teenager. Um okay. the cartoons my, my now are geared doesn't... towards little kids, which they sh- they should be geared towards kids. And and adult yeah. comic fans, we had this problem we were, when we were covering them in iFanboy. Was that not everything is geared towards the 40-year-old comic reader? Some things are geared for kids, and that's okay. It's okay that be. Teen Titans go. They should if, be. If you want to that show sustain fucking, that show's good. If you want to sustain this thing you need to replenish the readership and by doing that you need to have yeah. cartoons that little kids can watch and not everything's meant for 40 year olds
3: that's a good show I watched like I saw one episode it's not available streaming anywhere but I saw one episode in a hotel room with my son and it was really funny and he uh, like was like this is great the the new one the silly one
0: yeah that's the new one yeah the, the older <laughs> one
3: was was more serious but yeah the one with Beast Boy yeah, yeah those, you know I read those comics with my son at one point too and he really liked those a lot too all right let's um, move
0: on to 35 Who's
3: who read last?
0: Ron, you were off getting a drink. It was okay. your turn. All right, I have t- West from Fridley,
2: Minnesota. Says I have two questions, both of which I've been thinking about in some form since August thirty first, two thousand nine, and August thirtieth, twenty twelve, respectively. Wow. Question number one: After eight years of Disney ownership, do you feel like Marvel is in a better place now than it was before? I know the IP is selling well in media, but what about the comics themselves?
0: Coming um I they're clearly in worse position
2: yeah i think the company the 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 brand farm of marvel is in a much much
0: better position and i think the comics are not i think this is this is the worst that marvel's been since we've been doing this yep i think marvel marvel is an entertainment company and i've I have friends here in L.A. who work for Marvel Studios. I have co-workers who used to work at Marvel. um, So I know a lot about what... As as do we, yeah. yeah. Not not publishing side, I mean studio side. Oh, studio side, right, yeah. Uh, Marvel's company is healthier than it's ever been. it, It is the engine that drives Hollywood. Everyone is trying to be Marvel. But from the publishing side, I think Marvel's in the most precarious position it's ever been in. Even worse than the the time when they almost went into business because at least that gave them the freedom to try new things, which they didn't, they don't have now. And what the sad thing about that is though, is that the people who are in positions,
3: it's the same crew, you know, like basically running the place. You still got a Brevoort. You still got, you know, Axel Alonso. I don't know that people remember him from before he was editor in chief, but like that guy, that guy was, oh, had his yeah. hands on amazing, important stuff. You know, but now like that corporate machine of that thing is very much in control of sort of the general direction. So I think everybody's doing the best they can. You know, Nick Lowe is is in charge of X-Men. And, you know, whenever he gets a chance, he's going to bring in Garth Ennis and Gordon, Gordon Parlov. But, you know, there's only so much you can do. Yeah.
2: And, and we're talking from a quality standpoint. Someone in the yeah, chat room quality, says, they're, they're yeah. the, they're the number one publisher, how is this problematic? I mean, yes, the company is doing great. We're talking about from a
3: a, oh, uh, a, quali- standpoint. a quality
2: standpoint. Yeah.
3: So. Interesting. Like, are they making interesting
0: comics? You know, the, yeah. the, you know if, you're, right, me, if you're me, if you're me, people, people, uh, comics are um, habitual. People buy them. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're enjoying them. They're I, I you, you buy you buy them because you've bought them for years. I mean, I was you like that. Not yeah, ever yeah. That people are enjoying them at the same level they were enjoying them ten years ago, yeah, or or in two thousand and one when Marvel Knights was happening. Yep. And 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 variants. All these things cause Marvels. Thing. Read the second question.
2: Yeah. Second question. Why has there been no Star Wars Marvel crossover comments, comics since they're both owned by the same company? I'm shocked this hasn't happened yet. Do you feel like it's inevitable? What type of crossover do you want to see besides Deadpool and Boba Fett? It has never happened. It never will happen. It never should happen. And it won't happen because Lucasfilm is cuckoo.
1: Yeah, I bet. It's also, stupid. I bet it's no, no
2: one's
0: quite that stupid. Yeah. Well, it, it, listen, uh, do you feel like it's inevitable? I think it's. I think it is inevitable. I think at some point down the road it will happen. But I think is right now it's probably contractual that they can't
2: do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it never happens because just like just leave them be. Just let them be just like I don't want to see Marvel and Disney princesses crossover. You know what I mean? Like Marvel doesn't exist in the world where Aladdin does, you know? And so I, I don't know. I don't want to see it
3: like, uh, like uh, Hanna-Barbera cartoons and,
1: uh, DC. Well, yeah. All right.
0: So, um, Darren, question. Darren J from Glasgow, Scotland, uh, says, uh, my question, which I've been probably thinking about for three weeks when I was turning out, when tuning. I was tuning out of a family argument over dinner, having just listened to Five Ninety Six, is if the have a origin story, how you guys met, at the beginning of the show, etc., was made into a six issue mini- six issue miniseries. What creative team would you have write and draw it? Also, what would the final panel of issue six be? I would want Garth Ennis and Goran Parlov
2: <laughs> to do it, and the final panel is me dying after eating a poisoned Carvel cake.
0: Well, we always said you know Darwin would have. Yeah, the best. Um, but he's gone. Uh, I'm fine with your answer.
1: Okay,
0: Josh,
3: This is a really great answer for that because <laughs> he doesn't respect it, but he does at the same. Like he would, it would make us look really stupid.
0: Which is totally fine. We we deserve.
1: Yeah, it. No, we no, I, we deserve
3: absolutely. Deserve. And it okay. shouldn't be. It's not. You know, it's like not jock. That's not the right art. So <laughs> Gordon Parlov. We want it to be, but I but I can see Gordon Parlov like. You know, like, I would
2: wish someone would draw me skinnier than I am, but I feel like Goran Parlov would get my girth accurately.
0: Yeah. I said that out loud. So the last panel is you just keeling over? Yep. All right. That's fair enough. Rebar through the eye. Josh. Scott S. of Chicago,
3: Illinois. I'm looking for a great trade or two that is hopeful. I just turned 33. My wife and I talk about kids and I'm starting a new career. <laughs> Everything live, is
1: scary. It, live. <laughs>
3: I'm just saying you're at, a, you're at a turning point right now <laughs> and I need to think real hard. Everything is scary and I get that the Punisher kills and Rick is the walking dead and Warthor is going to get revenge, but I need something that's going to make me smile and look forward to the next comic. P.S. New Frontier is a staple art in my newsstand. That's too yeah. bad because you're not going to beat it. You got you there.
2: I got one. Uh, going back to Goran Parlov, uh, Starlight. Nice.
0: Although it is a little sad in the, in the beginning. Uh, no, but it's nice. I mean, he wants something that's hopeful. I think that, you know,
2: Starlight. Well, remember the
0: scene where he was at his table by himself because one of his kids came to his birthday? That scene yeah. just destroyed me. But that was early and it didn't right, end that's like what I mean. that. It was yeah. Just, just yeah. rough in the beginning. Um, but Starman. It's not, a bad answer. it's not a bad answer. Starman.
3: It's a long road to get there doesn't matter it's it's an amazing ending and it's for the person i don't want to spoil the ending but what you're talking about um it relates it's a whole like it's it's basically a story about growing up um it's it's about like sort of accepting oh i'm an adult now and 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 that something comes with it and there's value in that um Someone, really
0: someone in the chat room saying, "Huck, I would say a lot of what Miller has done in the last five years because yeah. he's been he's been on that whole hopeful kick." Yeah, um, I would go back to Superman, Man of Steel, the John Byrne miniseries. That was like the quintessential Superman story, but not all for Superman, which was sort of downer because he was dying. This was about the beginning, and so there's all but nothing but hope at the end. There's nothing but giant panels of him saving the day. It feels very Christopher Reeve. Um, that's when i think of when i think of like four color superhero comics um you know what astro
3: city yeah astro city yeah that just that first trade of astro city it's all good like yeah the first issue of astro city yep well not not uh all-star superman well i mean we, we just, just said, we just talked about that you're not listening i know sorry um, I, just, I thought about it, it made me happy, and I just spit it out. I mean, Mouse. No. No. <laughs> no. no.
0: Day Tripper?
1: No.
0: no. No? That one's intentionally bad because he dies at the end of every show. Sure. Yeah. yeah, sure, yeah. All right, next question. Kevin C.
2: writes in and says, Last year for the first time I set up a pull list to coincide with the start of DC's Rebirth. I liked what I read and saw in previews, and in my opinion, the reboot didn't disappoint. While I've trimmed my pull list to a reasonable, affordable level, I'm still ha- I still happily follow several titles. The ongoing series remains strong in general, for example, Batman and Flash, and I'm excited by some of the more experimental limited series, such as Mr. Miracle. The podcast seems to reflect my sentiments, with several DC series getting regular mentions on the show. This is a sharp contrast with the New 52 era, when the prevailing sentiment among iFanboys bordered between disinterest and, and disgust, and only got worse as the line matured. This brings me to my question: How do you compare the creative health of DC Comics now versus the middle years of the New Fifty Two? Can DC sustain this momentum, and are they attracting quality creative teams for future issues and series? Based on the recent Dark Knight's Metal number one, I've apparently been thinking about DC's rebirth since the mid '90s—a solid 20 years. Ultimately, I think about the New Fifty
0: Two as little as possible. I don't. I don't agree with his assessment okay. that uh, that we we met the 50, New Fifty Two with. Um, disinterest and disgust. I think I
3: made. Was it Justice League one? that Jim Lee, like I made that.
1: Yeah, you made it Yeah,
0: we made it. All. I made it, not not Connor. I did. In the beginning, we. Um, I think. Well, first we of all, tried. I don't think I don't think DC Rebirth is a thing yet. We had that issue, and then it, it was back to normal for every other book. It wasn't like things changed. Right. Rebirth issue. I'm still waiting for that thing to change. Whatever that Rebirth is. Wally West comes back and says our history and our lives were stolen from us. We have to get it back. And then that wasn't dealt with again until the button. The button, right? Um, but it hasn't been dealt with yet. They haven't fixed that yet. And there's Mike Romo in the chat room. There he is. Um, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. We haven't had the rebirth yet. The titles have been sort of more in line. Flash has been good, but it hasn't like DC's change. It's still the same stuff from before. Yes, it is. And and um, um, I mean, there's a lot of things to be hopeful about with DC
3: sort of creatively. I think if you're into the writers is a good handful of people
0: doing. But the, the top guys still at Marvel, an image.
3: They're yeah, I know. But there's there's some good things going on there, meaning that, again, like the people who are in charge, they know the difference. It's like it's it, it's not the editors who are making comic books that you think, well, these are kind of all boring comic books. They know. They absolutely know what they're doing. They're working within a framework and a context. But somebody thought, put Tom King on Batman. Yeah, you know, and that is that—that's a risk, you know. The guy who's known like his best things were Vision and Sheriff of ba- of uh, Babylon. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a thing. The, the, but the problem is like so the the, the um the day to day running, you know, t- two issues a month having to do yeah. the artist swapping. Green Arrow
0: was a great rebirth book that got ruined by the double shipping. Mm-hmm. Um, DC still hasn't righted its ship. It, they need to have an event, and I assume it's this Watchmen. Everyone keeps assuming, I assume it's this Watchmen thing. But they need something that happens that puts a stake at the ground and says everything after this will be different. And they haven't had that. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that was your, your Crisis on Infinite earth, your Infinite Crisis, your Final Crisis. Those things have happened in the past. They need to have... A thing that says we are dealing with the Watchmen and the New Fifty Two and what they, what Doctor what Manhattan did to us, and we're going to go forward from here. That hasn't happened yet. Right, but that's what New Fifty Two is supposed to be, and they didn't. They, they won't well, that, commit. Well, they did. They did. It's been six years with New Fifty Two. Now they're. Yeah, no, but it was still the same thing where like they said it's new, but they
3: said yeah, except for here, this isn't this,
0: and then except for so. No, no, yeah, you know, you're, you're right about that. They just it clearly is not working. They didn't – what they did by 90sifying the whole line didn't wasn't a good idea. So rebirth seemed to signal that they understood, at least Jeff Johns did, that they had to go back and fix some things. That's a big yawn from Josh. Um, <laughs> I'm very tired. And I'm so they have to, to. move forward. They, something has to happen to move forward. And they haven't done that yet. So let's move on. Uh, Bryce B. from California – I started listening in two thousand and eight, and I've been thinking about a question, uh, thinking of a question since then. Why can no one make Hawkman work, and will Scott Snyder finally do it? Nope.
2: You, you just think no, it's doomed. You don't think he can do
3: it? No, no one can. <laughs> because here's the secret: no one gives a shit about Hawkman. Man. I do. <laughs> now you know, not enough of you.
0: Well, I'm someone. You know what a, you are saying?
3: I'm a, I'm a man.
0: A, when you say you give a shit like about Rob it, says.
3: what what you, what you mean is I would like to read a really good Hawkman story.
0: I fucking love Hawkman, man, as a character, You're I right. love So Hawkman. you want to read a really good
3: Hawkman story. It's never going to happen because it always starts with this
0: fucking uh, uh, resurrection story. I, I will story tell you there. why Hawkman doesn't work. And I did a, oh, I think maybe There we go. I've had a half a bottle of scotch. I'm ready to talk about Hawkman, and you mentioned iFan by Minis before, Josh. I did an iFan by Mini on Hawkman. I can have another scotch, first of all. I want to chat room.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> were you telling the chat room, or were you telling her?
0: Um, I did an iFan by Mini and why Hawkman is fucked up. The Hawkman is fucked up because he started off he was an archaeologist, then he became an alien from Thanagar, and then he became a constantly resurrected. Egyptian god character. And the problem is because it's comics and because it's modern comics, everyone tries to reconcile all of those things. You can't. It's impossible. They're three different characters. They're three yeah. different characters. But they try because that's what comics demand is that everything makes sense. They have to literally cut the cut the cord and just start from s- scratch with Hawkman, yeah. but they won't do it. Scott Snyder's gonna try to do it with metal. Maybe he can. Jeff Johns couldn't do it. Um but the reason why he doesn't work is not his problem; it's comics' problem, and that everything has to make sense. It doesn't. You just have to say, you know what? Doesn't work. Let's just start over. Pick one lane and go down that lane. I, I mean, I know, like we're, we're like like let Tom King do a ten issue Hawkman story. Right. It won't make
3: sense of anything, but he'll just do it on his own and make a thing that's interesting. End of. There you go. Next question. I lost track.
1: Josh, Forty. 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 Forty.
3: 40. Uh, Kendall N. from Austin, Texas. How bad was it to run a daily comics website that you'll only do it for a, a million dollars per month? A lot-, <laughs> <was this? laughs> a lot less would still be one heck of a living. I'm beginning to think that some of these patron goals are meant not to be achieved. P.S. No shit, Kendall. P.S. Josh. P.S. I really like the full website.
0: So I'll let you know a bunch of pa- with that. We have a bunch of patron goals. Uh, the million-dollar goals, we'll go back to doing iFanboy full-time, the full website, everything we did before, the comics page, everything, daily columns, all the stuff. Um, listen, some of these are, are meant to not be achieved. We will gladly take a million-dollar
2: well, no, but here's the here's the thing. Here, I'm gonna break okay, the, yes, I know it's a joke and it seems like it's not meant to be achieved, but I'm gonna tell you what what that million dollars would go to, right? So yeah. that's
1: pretty,
2: the three of our salaries, right? Which let's be honest, we're all in our 40s, we're very experienced media professionals. Yeah. That's at least three to four hundred thousand dollars right there. Yep. Then you need to get a company going with benefits and all that sort of stuff. There's another hundred thousand dollars, right? Yeah. Then we need to pay staff. Well, everyone's we, salaries is actually yeah. 150%. Right. Yeah. So, so, but no, but then we need to hire and pay staff, which is another, listen, another, listen, listen, another, at least another three to $400,000, even a freelancer, stuff like that. Now we're not even at the point of the technical work that we would need to do in order to maintain the comics database. Honestly, a million dollars is really not enough to do it the way we would want to do it. So. So the
3: the question is, could you do it? Yes. Are you going to do it now? No, it's not that much fun. But also, well,
0: it, no, it was super fun for me. But I, I know, is, but not that much fun to do it for nothing again because listen, we did that. We did I full time from two thousand and seven through two thousand and like 13, oh, 12. thirteen. Yeah. Thirteen. We stopped at thirteen, so two thousand and thirteen. Yeah. We, um. We, we we. I didn't have a savings account. I didn't have I, any yeah. ki- any 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 kind of. Possibility of a retirement. No, it like was
2: it, was, it was It was as bootstrapped a, as could yeah. be. Yeah. And now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Also, I recently had uh, I shared a meal with a friend of ours who works in the comics media in much more than what we would, you know. And the world of media as it exists now oh, versus changed. what we were I'm doing eight years. years. Like, like this guy I consider a good friend, and I told him I'm like I can't read your site. I don't even read your site. Because yeah. it's you know because like I couldn't c- consciously run a media site the way media sites need to run today
0: you know like, like I, agree with we, that. I you know so like I'm, I'm not gonna you know even back then we would make uh, Tom Caters made the joke the movie stills right yeah movie stills you have to run the fucking movie stills to get the eyeballs and we didn't like doing that
2: twenty eight Easter, Easter twenty
0: eight Easter eggs you missed in the Deadpool teaser trailer right
1: Fuck. and like immediately
0: yeah, yeah and, and yeah. we don't want to do that stuff and that wasn't and what we did the content we liked doing. Isn't isn't generally popular? So that's why the million dollars is because we would have to worry about the revenue.
2: But what well, doesn't pay? It doesn't I, pay the bills. That's the thing. Yeah. I
3: want to go back on a, on an earlier really point. I just this is important: is that like when I, really I tell you important. When, <laughs> thank you. When I tell people <laughs> the story of going to work for iFanboy full time, people who are not fans don't know where we are. And I, I'll say this: was in two thousand eight. Um, Connor had left a job that I worked with him at, and in February of two thousand eight week basically had an opportunity to do something and the question that i asked my wife and i was 31 was what's the least amount of money we can live on that was the question i asked and that is how we figured out how to do it and we did that right up until my wife was pregnant with my first son and i had a panic attack and babies are us trying to make a list of things we needed to buy and i was like i have to
0: leave the store right now it um Listen, I loved it. the the, the five I mean, so, years the five years so we spent doing our family full time was probably the most creatively fulfilling five years of my entire professional life. It
3: changed I loved, everything.
0: I loved writing about comics. I loved talking about them all day. I loved the comment section. I loved the community we built. I think we built something that's really special for those five years. I love the daily video podcast. I love the weekly video podcast. I loved everything. Everything about it was was great. It just resulted in mac and you know ramen noodles and mac and cheese for dinner and. Staring on <laughs> the barrel of forty years old and not having a plan for the rest of your life, and it's tough. That's and that's why the patron goal is—it's—it's it's a joke, but it's kind of not a joke. It's what it would cost to cover what we will. To get the that back, yeah. that's what it would cost to get it back. Yeah. So it's not a. Really- and they would
3: have to—they would literally have to be that many fans contributing to it in some way or another to make it happen anyway. Yep. So because you can't, we couldn't say get a hundred million viewers, then it would have to be a hundred thousand fans saying we we're willing to pay for it.
0: And listen, I, I I will occasionally go back and read old articles and read the comment sections because I loved that portion of my life. I loved yeah. that world we built. I think it was really special. I think it was really unique in the in, in the in the internet. Um, but it came at a cost to us, to be quite frankly. So let's <laughs> move on to question forty-one. Andrew from Santa Cruz, California. I'm reading Morrison's JLA and trades and totally loving it. Are there other DC trades or runs similar in scope and tone that would rec- that you would recommend? JLA, Year One, Mark Wade, Barry Kitson. JSA, uh, what's the... JSA, what's, Jeff Johns. What's the... Busick, Jeff, Johns,
3: Jeff Johns Flash. The Busick Superman story where he's not Superman, but...
0: Uh, Superman for all seasons.
3: No, not that. That's a
0: different one. That's also oh. Secret Identity.
3: That's the one. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yep. All
0: these is Jeff Jeff Loeb. Yep. Mm-hmm. I meant oh, I'm just drunk. Oh, I meant, you know, he's doing a Batman one of, it, of that. Batman up, Hush.
3: Fuck off. You're up next. 40 would do, it, Josh? Go. Okay. I have to stop soon.
0: Oh, wait, what does soon mean? Uh, Corin E.
3: Pretty soon. What does soon mean?
0: My children will be okay. up. We have to bed. end. We have to end the show in a proper manner well, when you leave. Well, so. so we are
2: we are at we are at the two hour and fifty-five minute mark. So maybe now's yeah. a good time to wrap up and say goodnight to Josh.
0: Do you want to do one more que- question group and then I'll do this last one. And then we'll end Go. the show. Go for it. Okay.
3: Uh 42 corn E. What word or name have you struggled with over the years? I think this is for Ron. Come on, D. None. None. Corpse
2: spawn. Uh, I'm saying them correctly. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. You can't say commanding. Where does Thor live? Where does Thor live? Thor. Thor and Asgard. You fucker.
0: (laughs) As Asgard.
2: I will never forget shooting an iFanboy mini in Isotope about the Thor movie trailer and Syme yelling at me, it's not Asgard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like it was it was a five minute video you know that took me two hours to shoot because james would not leave me alone because i kept on saying asgard you <laughs> know what
3: you know what my answer is paul dini what? yeah i still can't say his name i know it's paul dini like houdini what do you say dini, oh. dini. i just did forever paul dini i heard
2: yeah i, I like can't it.
0: say commandy obviously commandy yeah. yep well, there you go uh ron say can't say corpse core I, um, i'm saying corpse that's the way it's how not it's corpse it's core Oh, the, Corps, yeah. the Marine Corps. Number two, what dream creative team
3: would you want to see on one book? For example, Busick and Somni, which I said both of those correctly, by the way, because I've asked them on Indiana Jones or Alan Moore and Alan Davis on Fantastic Four.
0: Hmm. I would read an Alan Moore and Alan Davis Fantastic Four. I would
1: <laughs> yeah. absolutely I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. You know what?
0: Alan Moore is the guy who could write Fantastic
3: Four. Agreed. Yeah. Kill that book. <laughs> He's better than you know what I'm just like he's better than anybody.
0: Yes, Alan Moore would make Fantastic Four relevant again. I think he's the only person that would. Yeah, yeah, I think he would.
3: Hundred percent would. I don't think Alan Davis is the guy to draw that book. Ah! Oh, 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 yes, he is. Ron, <laughs> I know you're drinking beer. You're giving I me. I agree. I agree. Alan
2: Davis is the guy to draw every book. <laughs> hair, she hair, and draw all that book. wavy hair and all.
3: So nice, yep. nice. Three, right. listen to, I, I listened to advice from the, you got an answer on that. It wasn't the one you asked for, but you got one. Uh, <laughs> three, I listened to advice from the Dream I fanboy team over whether I should get engaged to my girlfriend. Uh-oh, asking shit. the real deal, should I say with save with my fiance to buy a house or should I just spend the money on things I want as will just be dust on the nuclear wind within the next couple of years?
2: okay so he asked us whether he should get engaged to his girlfriend and now he's asking should he save with his fiance to buy a house or just spend money on the things you want I would say don't just live live man live don't worry about a mortgage no
0: I mean you know how <laughs> old are
3: you save to buy the house no
0: probably well, probably buy the house because it's no the house live. is
3: the thing you're not going to lose your money on shit. first of to all shit.
0: don't take our advice we are not we don't here's here's what
3: Here's my advice. Don't ask us for financial advice. <laughs> That's terrible. Ter- Do you know what we did with our 30s? We quit our jobs and ran a
0: comic book website. <laughs> Do you know how stupid that is? Not smart. Not smart. I, I, I yeah, I I just I almost told you way too much about my personal life. But yes. Not not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Um my advice is save for the house. You don't you don't need the shit. My advice is
2: it
3: all ends tomorrow. I live for today.
0: Ron, also always really
3: Ron, to... Ron watched the raindrops. So. Ron also really likes to watch a tragedy. <laughs> like You're the guy. Like you know, He isn't going to say it to me or Connor, but if somebody else asks him something and he thinks it's going to be a good show, he'll be like, yeah, you should totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Yeah, Sip. totally. What could go wrong? Come on. At least
2: he's thinking he's saying he tried it. I
3: you know. believe in you.
2: That's like this whole summer at, at my job. Uh, there was an intern who was a so- going into his sophomore year of college, and I kept and he's he's spending the summer in New York City. And I'm like, dude, you need to get out there and live. I'm like, you need to find the warehouse parties. You need to try. You need to try heroin. You need to like like seriously, you're in New York City in the summer. Like, just live, man.
0: Overdose is the number one cause of death over men under fifty in America. No heroin, Ron.
2: Everyone at work work laughed until I said, try heroin. (laughs) He should should watch Taxi Driver
0: and just be like, be that this summer. I was was in Germany with Mike Romo at the uh, Gamescom show. This could uh, go anywhere. We went to a warehouse party that was a converted tractor factory. And it was a German dance party. And it was, that is how you should live. Like everyone at that party. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so Josh is
2: bailing, so we're gonna wrap this episode we're gonna, up. We're I gonna think.
0: end the episode for the people listening, but we're Ron and I will continue. Ron, are we still continuing?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah.
0: Ron and I will continue for the people in the chat room. So if you're not, if you're listening to this on the feed, sorry, you're not in the chat room. But we're gonna end the show here. So thank you to everyone who emailed us. Uh, we get we got through about forty questions. We had eight. We had eighty. Shit, good halfway through, that's good. Yeah. yeah halfway through, we're pretty good. Yeah. Thank you for everyone who did that. Email us the contact at ifan- contact at ifanboy.com. You told us your name and where you're from. You kept it short. We appreciate all of that. If you go to the end of the script, guys, you'll get to the end of the show. Um, we're oh, a Q? Is That is a cue. All right. Josh, Josh us off. rolling
2: all the way down. Promote.
3: Hang on. Pr- promote. Promote. You should listen to Ron's interview with Kieran Gillen which we call the Talksplode which he did because I was like, I don't have time to do this, so I need you to do this one.
0: Have we, we ever? We do,
3: and I was like, you should talk to Kieran.
0: Have we, ever, did explained, Vader, uh, which awesome. have we ever explained... Um, and the, from the
3: comments that I've seen,
0: uh, it's good. But have we ever explained to the, you. Top, the Talksplode name? Isn't that Jim Ski? Jim Ski, who... who- he and Paul remain the most talented writers we ever hired. Um, no offense, but it's true. He, he made a joke that uh, Black Bolt's star of the new Inhumans TV show, which is set to be a huge disaster. Uh, his power was a talk explode. We talked it exploded. So we, we took that name for our interview shows, talk then we converted it to Book-splode for the uh, book shows so that's where the name part is. of the million dollars uh from would have to just go to
3: him for royalties. Right. You know, actually so, to him and paul just for
0: working for nothing so talks about great also on our feed ron and i the new netflix brain, brain trust because josh is a punk uh talk about the defenders we did and mike behind, coulter featuring mike coulter the defenders featuring mike coulter back on the feed which we really uh, had fun watching um, also, this coming this month, Batman and Harley Quinn, which is the latest DC Universe animated original film, which is actually uh, the return of Bruce Timm. He comes back every now and then. He's doing Batman and Harley Quinn. It takes place in the Batman the Animated Series universe. Features the original voices: Kevin, uh, Kevin Conroy, Lauren Lester, um, doing Batman and Dick Grayson. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. This month is complicated. Sometime in this, sometime in September, it'll come out. But uh, when exactly, I don't know. So soon, though. I've got the this DVD is, right here. This is great to watch you do this, by the way. I have the DVD <laughs> right here. This is, this is <laughs> I actually
1: this.
0: I have the date in my email that I talked to Ryan and Paul about, but I don't have it in front of me. So I can tell you it's probably the week of September 11th, I believe, is the week we will come out. All right. This <laughs> is like one of those
3: old radio shows at 4 a.m. and the guy is loaded and he's just going. Yep. Josh, you remember we used to go crash, right now.
0: crash our college radio at 3 a.m. when our friend Jared was to, was doing his radio shift? We this is like that. We Trivial Pursuit on air. This is like that. We had Trivial Pursuit on air.
2: All right, and if you're looking for more stuff to listen to, please go check out our sister podcast, my other podcast, Damn Fine Podcast, where Tom Merritt and I have been uh, enjoying Twin Peaks The Return. Uh, to mo- this weekend uh, marks the finale, uh, so by the time you're listening to this, Twin Peaks will have ended, and we're going to have – Please be my- good. Please be good. We're going to have our good friend Connor Kilpatrick, also of my fanboy, as well as Gabriel Hardman, comic book artist and writer and sto- movie storyboardist uh all four of us will be on praying that the end of twin peaks will be good so tune in for that to hear either a bunch of big fans crying or we'll probably there will be there will be tears uh no matter
0: what good or bad ron so. i'm going to drink with tom immediately after that show
2: excellent so go to, damn fine to-, fly
0: to la for that i would love to i would love to um
2: so go to damn listen to that and of course, go to ifanboy.com where you can find all the other podcasts we talk about. Uh, and be sure if you want to, don't want to miss a thing, follow us on social media. You can go to facebook.com slash ifanboy or follow at ifanboy on Twitter. You, that's how you can find out what the pick of the week is before we record the show. And you can follow us individually, J.A. Flanagan and Ron X, at Ron XO on Twitter and Instagram and C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram.
0: And listen. Listen. If you like the show, a <laughs> couple of things I know. One. Oh, here we go. Scotch is terrific. McAllen, 18. I've had half a bottle. Jesus, Real you drank, smooth. You drank more than you said you would. No, no, no. I said I half a bottle. I had half a bottle. All right. Maybe one drink past that a bottle. Uh, Scotch is terrific. Also, what I know is if you like the show, please write us a review on iTunes. That's for any show. If you listen to Damn Fine Podcast. Please do. If you listen to The Adam Carolla Show. If you listen to Serial, uh, which invented podcasting. <laughs> if you listen to any of those podcasts, eleven o'clock comics, even though even though those guys are who they are. Red Review. Were, <laughs> <were> Star <laughs> They're good guys. Give they're great guys, but yeah. you know, I'm continuing on our, our around yeah. comics beef with them. That's all I can right. do, even though Fair Chris enough.
3: left. I feel like they're not gonna um, get the joke and it's a bad they're idea. Not gonna...
0: Yeah. Here's the joke. We used to have a fake beef with, with around comics. Chris Deespan went to do eleven o'clock comics. He left that show, so my whole thing is. They they need to accept the sins of Chris. (laughs) Right, I love those guys. They're great guys. I'm hanging out with Chris. I'm hanging out with Chris in like two weekends. So there you go. So if you like any show, leave a review on iTunes. You don't have to even leave a review. Just leave a star rating. Hit a button. It's just one click. That's all it takes. That's how people find podcasts, and we really appreciate that. Even better than that is to tell your friends. We're still waiting for a mom. We're still waiting for a mom. No moms have contacted us to say, "Hey, I like your show." No moms. I'm really sad. One mom? Who's the mom? I'm being told one mom, but I don't know that that's true. Jeez. Uh, help us spread the iFanboy love all around the universe. And we thank everyone who does that, everyone who leaves a review, everyone who writes about us on Twitter. We see that a lot when people say, What podcast are you listen to? People mention us a lot. And we really do appreciate that. So thank you very much. And that is it for this week's show. Ooh. We made it. We did. Good job, guys. 600 in the can. Who knew? Did you think that we started this? So we'd do 600 episodes? In 2005,
2: when I was like, hey, I want to try doing a podcast. <laughs> hey, guys, let's take a break from World of Warcraft
1: and record a <laughs> podcast.
2: Then <sighs> we, we would end up here. We, we would stopping? end up here. Yeah. So, All right, so until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. <laughs> we <laughs> lost Josh. Did you, where did you go? hey guys let's record a podcast why would you do
3: this